0: This audio program is brought to you courtesy of Audible.com. Audible, audio
1: that speaks to you wherever you are. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Caution, Mm overload.
3: Damping brake is set to manual. Fuel line safety switches off.
4: Warning.
3: Overload. Orbital thrusters in
2: landing mode.
4: System. Overload. Cenobite 4-2 decimal. Are the landing craft
2: systems back online? Overload. Overload. I believe so, Chief Engineer. Are the damping breakers set to automatic? Overload. Overload.
3: Would you like them to be?
2: Yes, of course.
3: Then they are.
2: Overload. Overload. Fuel line safety switches on. Orbital thrusters primed. Pressure seal repairs holding. Overload. Overload.
3: Is that what you would like?
2: Would I be asking if I did? Overload. Overload. Then they are. Most satisfactory. Come aboard and strap in.
5: Overload. Overload. <laughs> 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 overload. <laughs> overload. Overload. <laughs> overload Overload Overload. Overload.
2: Overload.
6: Overload.
1: Gently's Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams
7: Holistic Detective Agency. We solve the whole crime. We find the whole person. Or cat. Put some life into it. Please leave a message after the pretentious whale song. Happy?
8: Gently, it's Gordon Way. And I'm still waiting to hear from you. I need an update tonight or I'm
5: taking the job elsewhere.
8: Now get out with a pair of binoculars or something. Run a wiretap, but get on with it. And get back to me.
5: I don't care how late. I must know what's going
7: on.
8: Economics editor,
7: Davis Hammonds. The runaway who said, the
2: Fathom magazine It's the buffers today a with a series of dramatic revelations... Complete loony. Hanging round here to the forecourt.
5: Well, field it's a
2: fun one, want a petrol or fags or nothing? Sort of long brown hoodie? Couldn't really see a face. Funny now, voice singing to himself something Magna about Magna believing.
5: It's it's the
2: can't the see him now. Yeah, bloke, come on the TV, TV looks light light just like him. <coughs> no, not and
8: the loony, the
2: geezer <sighs> with the mack. <mare. laughs> it is this
8: bloke. Oh. Got to go. <laughs> right number two, forty quid. There's the card. G. Way, Esquire. It is you. Well, I hope so. On TV, you're in. God, I need a haircut. Pin number? President Kennedy Jr. It's P. I. N. You don't need the number. on system. Here's our
9: ecological affairs correspondent, Jeremy Clarkson.
8: That receipt. Yes. I'm giving a couple of those ordnance survey maps with footpaths. Got friends coming this weekend. Bit of shooting, bit of walking, you know. Not really. It's 4.50. Here's a fiver. Keep it. Hello. Your
2: boot's unlocked. Eh? Car boot, not shut.
8: Ah, right. Should be more careful. Shotguns.
2: Business meeting, is it? (laughs) Uh (laughs) huh.
7: Come on, Susan. Hi, this is Susan
8: Way. I'm not scraping anything or spending it, so talk after the beep. Susan, hi, it's Gordon. 9 p.m. Thursday on my way over to the cottage. Listen, have got the Californians over for the weekend to thrash out this software deal, and look, I hate to ask you this sort of thing, but can you have a word with Richard? I just need to know that he's working on Anthem 2. I mean, really working on it. Every time I see his computer screen, he's got a picture of a sofa spinning on it, and I'm not paying him for... Bite. That was bright. Stunning lorries! Never dip them properly. Bloody I didn't end up in a ditch. That would be something, wouldn't it? Leaving your famous last words on an answering machine. Hold on a sec, Susan. think I've got a noise in the boot. Nah. Anyway. Oh yeah. lorries. Light activated dipper switches. Yes. Yeah. The Department of the Environment owes me a favor. We've got the technology if they've got the legislation. What's the point of a CBE if you can't kick a little ass? <laughs> you can tell I've been talking to Americans all week. I've got a boot full of shotguns. See the lengths I go to to make them feel at home. What is this obsession they have for shooting my rabbits? I should get some of those Beverly Hills signs on my lawn that say, armed response. Little ones slow down so the rabbits can read them. Ah, sod I'll have to pull over and see to the boot. If he turns up at yours, can you get through to him how vital his input is? Richard is Anthem 2, and Way Forward Tech is a commercial bloody business, not a playground for adolescent code crunchers. Hold me a sec. Hang on. I believe. You pay 130 k for a car you believe.
3: I believe I am instructed to shoot off. Hello. Are you comfortable? Hello. Surely you need the red liquid.
10: Damn, damn. Come on, Susan, finish your call. I'll just keep trying to, you dear?
11: What
10: the hell? Are you alright? Need a hand? What happened?
5: Hello?
4: Suit
10: yourself then. <laughs> Funny time for a priest to be lugging sacks around. Maybe he's a late night organic vicar. Hi.
7: Ah, this is yes, Susan, it's, Susan it's me. I'm not scraping in your descent.
10: So talk after the Susan, it's Richard. What a mess. Look, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I know I promised to take you to the Colreeds dinner tonight, but I completely forgot. And I feel really bad. Especially after all the other cock-ups. Yes, and the sofa. And... Look, we'll go away. This weekend. Doesn't matter what pressure your brother tries to put on me, we'll do it. Gordon will just have to... Gordon! Gordon? I'll call you back. Gordon? Hello? Was that you? Great.
11: You make a habit of parking your car on a blind bend, sir? Uh, No, officer, sorry. I had this over to avoid my employer. And successfully. We appear to be alone, sir.
10: No, I thought I saw him throw himself in front of the car, shaking his finger at me. Been
11: drinking, sir? No.
10: Yes, but very little. Glass of wine. Small port. Formal dinner. My old college at Cambridge.
11: I'm open university myself. Didn't have old colleges. Just a post office box in Milton Keynes. Right, name? Richard Macduff. Macduff. And who is this employer? His name is Way. Gordon Way.
10: I designed software for him,
11: for way forward technologies. Mm. We've got one of his computers down the station, the Quark 2. Look at if I can get it to work. It
10: doesn't work, never has done. Should have called it Crop (laughs) 2. We did. You
11: could use it as a paperweight. I don't think that's a clever idea, sir. The door will blow open. In the summer, of course, we beat suspects round the head with it. <laughs> well, well, have a response gunfire heard one mile east of Elmden. He's down.
2: abandoned vehicle off carriageway.
11: All units response. Top Shot Control is DS Jilks. I'm in Elmden. Two minutes.
5: Roger that, Sergeant.
11: Control. Uh, my advice to you, sir, go nice and easy on the way back. Lock up your car and spend the weekend getting completely pissed. I find it's the only way. <laughs> yeah, wish I could. I've got so much work to do this weekend, I'm already hallucinating. Well drive safely. What the
10: hell was I thinking? I can't possibly promise Susan the weekend. But I can't take it back. It's on her answering machine. If I screw up again, I'm finished. Ten o'clock. Do I have a choice?
0: Time, 23.45 hours. Location, rooftop, Islington. Observing Susan Way's flat. Weather, cold. Tea, colder. Sandwich, warm.
7: Are you expecting me to take this down?
0: That's why you're here. Is this chicken wrap the one from the fridge?
7: Best all, last Wednesday. Yes. Can I go home now? It's been three hours since that message and nothing's happening.
0: There's no substitute for good, honest detectiving, Miss Pierce. Heat-seeking binoculars. Good vantage point. Loyal assistant. Don't
7: push your luck.
0: Okay, so they're not heat-seeking, but they're army issue.
7: They're from eBay and they're pink. What army's that? The Gay Liberation Front?
0: I wasn't going to waste company money. Now, noise-cancelling headphones?
7: On your head. My salary is not a waste. I'm a legitimate business expense. Can you hear me with those on? Now,
0: point the microphone at that window, not me.
7: I must be mad. Climbing up here in the middle of the night.
0: But a very important, and don't forget, rich client.
7: Shh. I'm so cold.
0: I think they're coming back from their date. And hungry. No, that's not from inside her flat.
7: I've got a last train to catch, I am not missing that, and bowling. Oh,
0: hey, focus, focus. Yes, do we spy a burglary in progress? Take this down. Burglar is male, slim, thirties, dark clothing, scaling the rear of apartments where client's sister lives. No, no, Stop. It isn't a burglar.
7: Good. Because your pen just ran out. It's Richard MacDuff, The bloke we're waiting for? Is he supposed to be on the date with Susan Way? In which case, who is? You're the detective.
0: Miss Pierce, only an holistic detective can end up in the right place at the right time for what on the face of it are all the wrong reasons. Besides which, I can't find Mrs. Salskin's cat and keep tabs on Richard MacDuff's extracurriculars. Look at him. This is a man in the grip of something greater than passion.
7: A man too stupid to borrow his girlfriend's key. Think, think. Everything is
0: interconnected. Assume the unexpected is inevitable and then interpret the evidence. As in, he's not a very good burglar. Aim the mic at him.
10: In Sanadu, did Kubla Khan In Islington, did Richard McDuff,
5: a stately pleasure dome,
10: climb up the back of? It's only three floors up. Only two and a half to go. Okay, um, time check?
7: Me? I haven't got a watch.
0: Subject <laughs> slipped on the drain pipe. It could have been nasty, but he managed to make it very nasty. Ah, he's crossing to the pipe next to the window, and yes, oh dear, he's making the basic error of looking down. And having decorated the rhododendron, subject demonstrates singular lack of planning in burglary, viz remembering a crowbar to force the window. Ah, Susan Way has carelessly left the window unlocked, thus proving holistic nature of coincidence and coincidentally the sheer blind luck of Richard Macduff.
7: I'm not writing any of this down, you know.
0: Well remember it and write it up tomorrow.
7: You mean like, at midnight, subject finally disappeared inside Client's sister's flat.
0: How do you know the time?
7: I can see them chucking out at the Rose and Crown. They've had last orders and so have you. Good night. I'll expect to see this overtime in my wages.
0: I told you I'm waiting for a cheque.
7: Well, I'm not. Oh goodness, me. it's
0: just so grumpy all the time, that one. Simply can't get the staff these days. People willing to work for nothing. Um, directories, please. It's Islington, London. Surname Way, initial S, street address.
10: Right. Light Switch. <laughs> Down. Damn. On the sideboard. Under the sideboard. Answering machine. Where would you keep that old thing? Yes. You beauty. Pretty fool. Maybe the tape ran out before
5: I rang.
8: Susan. Hi.
5: It's Gordon.
8: Can you have a word with Richard? I just need to know that he's working on Anthem 2. I mean, he's really working on it. Leaving your famous last words on an answering machine. I think I've got a noise in the
6: boot.
10: Gordon lost for words. That's a first. Susan, it's Richard. What a mess. Look, I got gotcha. you. Hello? one in housebreaking. Never
0: answer the phone. Who is this? Neighbourhood watch. Look out of the window.
10: Is that you? They're waving from the warehouse roof.
0: Smile. Rule two. Never show your face where you can be photographed. God. Rule three. Are you listening, Richard McDuff?
10: Yes, but how do you... please
0: never admit your name. But what... Now you're picking it up, though not impressively. A fast learner would have hung up by now, but...
10: What do you want?
0: Right now, a pizza. The more interesting question is, what do you want? Why does Richard McDuff, a relatively successful software developer, decide to become a burglar? And why is he burgling the flat of Susan Way, sister of the famous Gordon Way, for whom he does freelance work? I wonder if these facts can by any chance be related.
10: Look, not that it's any of your business, but Susan happens to be my girlfriend, and I'm trying to get a phone message off her answer phone.
0: Don't you remember what you said?
10: Who the hell are you? Gently. Sorry. Who the hell are you?
0: Dirk, gently. Ring a bell.
10: Dirk, gently. From college. Ding dong. Look, Dirk, this is none of your business.
0: If you'd rather I spoke to Miss Way.
10: Oh, right. I forgot to take her out with me this evening. To make up for it, I left a message promising to take her away for the weekend, but I can't possibly go, so I need to get rid of the message before she hears it and dumps me for good, okay? Really? I have a feeling there's more. Well, there isn't. Then I bid you good evening. Good night.
0: However when you change your mind, I'll be at the Late Late Pizza on Upper Street. Come alone and bring money.
10: Are you trying to blackmail me?
0: No, you nincompoop,
10: for the pizzas. (sighs) We'll do it. Gordon will just have to... Gordon! Okay, spare tape. She must have one. Oh Yes! Swap them. Pocket this one. No, I can't do this. It's stupid. (gasps) Take it. No, swap them back. What to do? No, put it back. Face the music. All square. The flowers. No vase. No time. Look as if you meant to be here. Sofa. That's
4: what I'm good for, really. But, Duff. Wednesday week. What a surprise. My name is Wenton Weeks. Old
7: habits. Mm. God, it's suddenly very cold in here. Richard!
10: Hello, Susan. It seems that we...
7: (coughs) Oh! I've been saving that up all evening. And don't try and pretend that's a bunch of flowers you've forgotten to bring. You're hiding behind your back. you tried that one before.
10: No, it's a box of chocolates I forgot. Climbed up the entire wall without them. (laughs) Do I feel a fool? (laughs) Look. Flowers. Ah.
7: These are familiar. Did you break my vase? (laughs) Of course you did. I can see the wreckage under the sideboard. Excuse me for a moment, Michael. What?
5: Uh, Oh,
4: yes, sure. Um, I was... um, Well, we've just been... Couldn't care less, actually, Michael. No, absolutely. You're cross with me, aren't you? Going out for dinner with your girlfriend and all that. I mean, she rang me, actually. Michael, get real. You've never liked me, have you? You think I'm odd? Admit it. Hey, look. A lot of people get professional help, actually. Excuse me? But you try convincing people that you're better. Can we go back a couple of quantum Nobody will believe me, except the monk, of course. The monk? You've heard about the monk? The monk. <laughs> Susan?
7: Oh, is that the time? Well,
4: here's, here's what the time.
7: Michael, thanks again. Lovely yes. evening. Super meal. Yes, yes, um, <laughs> uh,
4: actually, I was wondering if... Michael make... Dorr? Uh, yes, Michael. Bye. bye then.
7: Good luck with the, um treatment.
10: What on earth do you see in that way-faced marshmallow?
7: Be careful how you characterise the people. I can depend on Richard.
10: He's a 200 gigaflop nutter.
7: Michael's having a hard time of it. And so am I, thanks to you.
10: Look, what can I say?
7: You could have showed some pain when I gave you my best slap. Oh, God, it's freezing in here. Why is the window wide open?
10: Well, that's how I get in.
7: What on earth possessed you to do that? You took your key
10: back, remember? And, uh, I wanted to be here when you get in.
7: Well, it would have been a great deal better if you'd been here when I went out. Oh, is that why you're wearing those filthy old clothes? Oh, my sofa.
10: Yes. But you don't think I went to a college dinner like this?
7: I no longer know what you consider to be rational behavior. Here, if it's it's going to save your life, have your key back. Just don't start raiding my fridge again.
10: You could move back into our flat. I'll
7: clamber over that sofa every time I want to use the stairs.
10: I suppose it'd be pointless saying I'm sorry at this point.
7: Pointless at any point. I'm losing count of the times you've stood me up.
10: Point taken. I'm working on it.
7: What's the excuse this time?
10: Well, Forget it.
7: How can you just stand there with arms and legs as if you're a human being? This is behaviour a bout of amoebic dysentery would be ashamed of. I bet even the lowest form of virus shows up to take its girlfriend out for a trot round the summit lining once in a while. I hope you had a lousy evening at your stupid college. I did.
10: You wouldn't have liked it. It started badly, then got worse. <laughs> Professor Cronotis?
12: Yeah, oh, oh, it's you. Oh, what is it now, emotional problems? I'm sorry? Oh, no good being
10: sorry, young man. You'll just have to buck yourself up. No, no, Professor. I'm Macduff. Richard Macduff. I know. I left about ten years ago, so... Well, I'm afraid you're well out of my care, then. Off you go, and uh, you can take your drugs with you. What? No, no, I'm here for the dinner. You invited me. It's tonight. Oh,
12: Oh, my dear fellow. Why didn't you say we're late? Now, now come, come, come. I, I simply must show you the crenellated east wall. And I, uh, built mainly to keep out the Jesuits. It did work, of course, but the bricks themselves are fascinating. Keep up, keep up the great library tower of 1623. Yes, Professor. But somewhat before your time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Although perhaps not before mine. Right? Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> and um, over in that corner you can see the new gates to South Court. Oh, really? Or rather you could if they were visible. Yes, quite. Right. just here, of course, I really must point out oh, yeah. that pile of flagstones. What those builders do during daylight hours is a mystery. <laughs> but we must hurry. It wouldn't do to Miss Grace.
3: High table, next to the don with the flaky scalp.
2: Right.
5: I'm
7: having trouble controlling my excitement. I can't imagine the thrill of actually being there.
10: Yeah, look, I'm really sorry. I just forgot I'd invited you. Because I'd
7: simply love to meet your old tutor. Ah, well, I was never
10: actually taught by him.
7: Gosh, Richard, really.
10: Technically, he was just there to supervise my general welfare. Tell me when the exams were. Not to buy drugs. Where not to buy drugs. Richard. But he was always pretty decent to me. You were always pretty decent to me. Was I? Was I indeed? Well, well, how marvellous.
12: And marvellous that you've come back. Yeah. No idea what all this is about, by the way. I mean, all the candles and silver and business generally means a special dinner in honour of something no one can remember anything about.
10: Well, I'm just touched that you remember me, Professor Chronotis.
12: Oh, please, call me Reg. So much shorter than Regis Professor of Chronology. <laughs> well, I remember you very well, I think. These days, my memory is like like the Queen Alexandra birdwing butterfly. Colourful, flits prettily hither and thither,
10: and is now, alas, all Almost completely. Extinct. Oh, have I said that before? Once or twice. Hmm.
12: But did I ever explain exactly what the Regis Professorship of Chronology did? Go on. Well, the chair was originally instituted by King George III, who was, as you know, well, mad yeah, as a box of frogs and simply obsessed with time. Every palace filled with clocks. <laughs>
9: grace
6: of God King George! I know! God, save, God the save the King! Yes, yes, bless, bless! What's the time? Um,
9: Eleven and fifty-six minutes of the forenoon, sir. One of my
6: favorites. Uh, it is with enormous pleasure that... Uh, um, What was giving me enormous pleasure, Garth? It's about time,
1: Your Majesty.
6: Well, of course it is. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Uh, uh, This morning, we had occasion to spend some time in Windsor Great Park, walking among the splendid oak trees, one of which, as many of you will know, is married to our esteemed cousin, Frederick of Prussia. Uh, Suffice it to say that we had a most elevating discourse of the nature of time... Which, we might add, was of considerable interest to His Excellency the French Ambassador, who has taken up residence in the left-hand pocket of our breeches. Confounded fellow. (laughs) Your Majesty. There's no need to whisper, he's asleep. And so, concerned as we are to ensure the passage of time continues. Forward, the reverse of which, even for a moment, would be of the utmost calamity, we hereby bestow upon our University of Cambridge the chair of Professor of Chronology, and God bless all who sit in her. Henceforth, to be known as Regius Professor, in honor, of course, of Is it still 1156? Uh, 1158. Oh, good, good. Uh, And the purpose of said professor shall be to answer the following questions. First, to investigate whether there is any scientific reason why one thing happens after another. Secondly, to determine if there is any risk of its stopping. And thirdly, of course... Oh, dear. Uh, The the French ambassador has awoken and demands an audience in the privy closet. Uh, We we shall come on. Sir Thomas.
5: Sir Thomas, a moment uh,
9: you'd better find a suitable candidate for the king to appoint uh, quickly now. Oh. A candidate who can invent some plausible answers, <laughs> and you may wish to leave in order to do it with the utmost haste. Why? Because it is almost noon. <laughs> oh, uh,
5: too late.
12: Since the answers to the king's questions were clearly yes, no, and maybe, I realised I could then take the rest of my career off. And your predecessors? Oh, we're much of the same mind. But the king had three questions. Oh, you're shedding enough history. Who was that friend of yours when you were here? Uh, Do you ever see him? Hmm? A chap with an odd East European name? Uh, Sflad something?
10: Svlad Jelly. Dirk, gently as he is now. Ah. No, I never stayed in touch. Why do you ask?
12: Um... Oh, no reason. <laughs> uh, what about you? Hmm? I-, I gather you've suddenly done very well for yourself at
10: last. Hmm? Uh, well, yes, in fact. Yes, I have.
12: Oh, yes. Y- y- young Macduff here is in computers. Why? Yes, oh, dear. Obviously not a subject fit for such a glittering occasion. Uh, Corley, what's all this about? This is candles and silver nonsense? Coleridge.
9: It's the Coleridge dinner, you old fool. Ah.
12: Oh. Do you hear that, but Duff? It's the Coleridge dinner. He was a member of the college, you know. Coleridge. Samuel T. Poet? Yes. Yeah. I expect you've heard of him. This is his dinner. Well, not literally. It would be cold by now.
10: <laughs> to count everything. He had a horse in his bathroom. And I know you hate that kind of thing. Susan? Susan?
7: Oh, yeah. Oh, listen. You must tell me this again, when I'm interested.
10: Susan, what can I do? Huh? Anything. Dinner at me?
7: Oh, you'll need to get rid of that sofa on your stairs, I'd feel more like coming round. Ah, yes, this sofa. It's not like this relationship going nowhere. Upended. Well and truly stuffed. A mm, bit harsh. Look, oh, I'm too tired to be angry anymore. Anything of being lobbied by Michael Winton, wearisome, has taken it out of me. <laughs> Well, I know you don't like him, but he can be sweet in his sad, bonkers kind of way. Mm. Although he's obsessed with the idea that I can do something to stop Gordon buying up his magazine, whatever it's called.
10: You mean Fathom?
7: Fathom. (laughs) That's it. Anyway, nothing I can do, obviously.
10: Well, that's business, isn't it? Gordon's people will turn Fathom into a sharp, intelligent magazine that people will want to read. Not the borefest that Michael inherited from his father.
7: (laughs) Anyway, I'm glad you had a lousy evening. I want to talk about what we're going to do this weekend. Ah. Oh, i better just check the messages first. Ah, well...
5: Yeah. Susan, thanks. It's Gordon.
7: Actually, I can't be bothered. It'll just be full of things he wants me to pass on to his secretary. Here. Could you just keep this tape to her when you go in tomorrow? Save me a trip? Uh,
10: absolutely. Now, for weekend. Susan.
7: I'm afraid... Uh. I've got to work. Oh. Nicholas is sick and I'm going to have to depth her at the Wigmore on Friday week. Bivaldi and some Mozart I don't know too well. Mm. That means a lot of extra cello practice this weekend, I'm afraid. Sorry. Oh right?
10: <laughs> well, in fact, I should do some work too. I know.
7: Gordon keeps on at me to nag you. Wants to know what you're doing. Oh, I wish you wouldn't. I'm tired of being pressurised. Mm. At least you don't do that. Well, I'm sure that there's some kind of grey area between being pressurised and being completely forgotten about. I'd quite like to explore. Mm. Give me a hug. Yeah,
10: I think I can do that.
7: I can earn more an hour cold-calling grannies flogging them bars this, with a door the in. And they don't leak. You spent a fortune on some brass plaque at the front door when we get no customers Thank and all the time when it's raining, this jeez. roof is whittling into my no, tipex. Is thin- which is another thing. The digital highway certainly took a detour around this office. The next girl might appreciate an environment vaguely resembling the 21st if century. If
0: you'll excuse me for one moment. Uh, I'm on the phone to a client, Miss Pierce. Oh, I was. They'd hung up.
5: Ah, hello.
10: Yes. Are you Dominique? Uh, French lessons, third floor? Take a
7: wild guess.
10: Ah, excellent. Because I'm actually looking for the detective agency. Yeah, and? And is Mr. Gently in? Yes. Good.
7: Oh, no. I am not in a position to say. His whereabouts are, as of now, entirely his own business.
10: Are you his secretary?
7: I am Janice Pierce, his ex-secretary, a deliriously satisfying state I intend to maintain. If he'll spend his money on expensive brass plaques rather than on his staff, then let him. Good for business, my ass. Answering the phones properly is good for business, and I'd like to see his fancy brass plaque do that. If you'll excuse me, I'd
5: like to storm out, please. Well, feel free. For once, I do?
0: Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. We solve the whole crime, we find the whole... Yes, Mrs. Sunderland. Hello. Yes, messy divorces are our speciality.
10: Hello, are you in there? Uh,
0: oh. Yes, thank you, Mrs. Sunderland. Not bad, messy. Goodbye. <coughs> Dirk Gently's Holistic... Hello? Hello, Dirk. I'm very glad you asked me that, Mrs. Rawlinson. The term holistic refers to my conviction that what we're concerned with is the fundamental interconnectedness of all things. With you in a picosecond. I see the solution to each problem as being detectable within the pattern and web of the whole, Mrs. Rawlinson. Let me give you an example. If you go to an acupuncturist with toothache, he sticks a needle into your thigh. Do you know why he does that, Mrs. Rawlinson? No. No. Neither do I, Mrs Rawlinson, but we intend to find out. A pleasure. Uh, Dirk.
10: by the time I got there, the
0: restaurant was closed. Dirk gently, Ah, Mrs Sorskin, my oldest and, may I say, most valued client. Good day to you. Sadly, no sign as yet of young Roderick, I'm afraid, but the search is intensifying as it moves into what I'm confident are its closing stages. And days from today's date, we'll have the young rascal restored to your arms and mewing prettily. Ah, yes, the bill. I was wondering if you had... Yes, but... As I have endeavoured to explain to you, Mrs. Sorskint, I incline to the quantum mechanical view. My theory is that your cat is not lost, but that his waveform has temporarily collapsed and must be restored, Schrodinger, Plank, and so on. Dead? Uh, but were that the case, should we allow Black Despair to, to hide from us the fairer light in which your blessed Moggy would now dwell, I think not. Besides, Roderick would be even more at peace if you paid some bill or other. Does that ring a bell with you at all? Come to think of it, there is that very bell I sent, which has occasioned this delightful call. Sunday night, then, at 8.30. You know the address? Yes, it's very possible Roderick will appear, as I'm sure will your checkbook. Till then, Mrs. Sorskin. till then. This is British Telecom. There is a fault on the line. Please try again later. Beep! My dear Richard Macduff, your pizza. Uh,
10: um, no thanks, I had breakfast.
0: I told the restaurant you'd pop in and settle up over the weekend. Welcome, sit down, the light works, the gravity works, anything else we'll have to take our chances with. Uh, right. <laughs> you seem to be extremely relaxed for a man in your position.
10: Excuse me? Oh, good heavens, he hasn't got to you as well, has he? Who hasn't got to me? Gordon. No. Well, obviously not. Gordon Way. He has this habit of trying to get people to bring pressure on me, uh, never mind. What did you mean then? Ah, Gordon Way had
0: this habit, had he? Looks like he's just kicked it. Had? The body of Gordon Way was discovered in the remains of his country cottage this morning. What? He had been shot, strangled, and then his cottage was set on fire. (gasps) Given that shotgun pellets were found in his abandoned car three miles away, police think the body was moved afterwards. Furthermore, the doctor who examined the body is of the opinion that Mr. Way was strangled after he was shot, which seems to suggest a certain confusion in the mind of the killer. But what? By a startling coincidence, it appears that at around the time of death, traffic cameras show only one car on that stretch of road. That car belonged to a Mr. Richard Macduff who is employed by the deceased, Mr. Gordon Way.
10: But I was in Cambridge
0: last night. Well, not the full story, is it? Well, no, It has further been suggested that Richard Macduff, that's you, is one of the two people most likely to benefit from Mr. Way's death, since way technologies would almost certainly pass at least partly into his hands. The other person is his only living relative, Miss Susan Way, into whose flat Mr. Richard Macduff, that's also you, was observed to break last night. The police don't know that bit, of course, nor, if we can help it, will they? The radio reports say that they're urgently seeking Mr. McDuff, whom they would like to eliminate from their inquiries, in a tone of voice that says he's clearly guilty as hell. My scale of charges is as follows, £200 a day plus expenses. Expenses are not negotiable and are all necessary
10: eventually. Am I hired? I... I don't even know whether to believe you. <laughs> May I use your phone? Please. Susan, it's Richard. Richard!
5: Gordon's been murdered. Are
13: you all right? Don't
10: tell her where you are.
0: I'm at Dutch Gentles.
13: I went round to your flat. It's crawling with police. I was only... Hang I... up. Susan, listen, I... Here. Yeah. Hey!
0: The police will have a trace on the line. But I have to tell them it wasn't me. Oh, well, that's you off the hook, then. Tell them it wasn't you. If only Dr. Crippen had thought of that, would have saved him so much bother getting hanged. Yes, but he was guilty. And so, it would appear at the moment, a you. But I didn't do it, for God's sake, what is happening? It is a truth universally misquoted that it's better to find cast-iron proof that you're innocent than to languish in a cell hoping that the police, who think they've got you banged to rights, will find it for you.
10: Yeah, it's no good. I can't gather my thoughts. It's like trying to do calculus with someone kicking your head. What do you think I should do?
1: hypnotism. In episode one of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams Harry Enfield played Dirk Gently and Billy Boyd was Richard Macduff. Olivia Coleman was Janice Pierce, Felicity Montague, Susan Way and Michael Fenton Stevens played Michael Wenton Weeks. Toby Longworth was the Electric Monk, Robert Duncan played Gordon Way, Jim Carter was Jilks, and Andrew Sachs played Professor Cronotis. Geoffrey Holland played George III, Wayne Forrester was the courtier, and John Glover was Professor Corley. Philip Pope was the garage attendant, and the newsreader was Neil Sleet. The announcer was John Marsh. The music was by Philip Pope. The surround mix was by Paul Dealey, the live effects by Alison Kenzie, and the sound design was by Paul Weir. The programme was dramatised by Dirk Maggs, John Langdon and Bruce Hyman. The executive producer was Helen Chatwell and the production assistant, Lisa Mayer. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency was produced by Joe Wheeler and the director, Dirk Maggs. And was an above-the-title production for BBC Audiobooks.
2: Detective Sergeant
11: Jokes. Less of the chit-chat.
2: Macduff's flat's on the second floor. Can't miss it. Turn left after you climbed over the sofa.
11: Any sign of Macduff? I don't know what he looks like.
2: <laughs> yeah, apparently, one of our, like, actually saw him last night, stopped him, right, and, get this... <laughs> he only let him... <clears throat> it was you, wasn't it, <clears throat> So, uh, What's he look like?
11: Not the sort of bloke who'd shoot Gordon Way, drag the body three miles, then strangle it, stuff it in the cupboard and blow up the whole cottage for a grand finale. Tall? Short? See that Greek restaurant down the road? The bloke in the phone box. Which reminds me, I need to talk to the RSPCA my mobile's flat. You got yours? Eh, not with me.
2: RSPCA? Dirk
1: Gently's Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams
13: What? Speak up, I can't hear you.
10: I was with a private detective, someone I knew at Cambridge. Bit of a shady character, really.
13: Richard, what is going
7: on?
10: I'm in the phone box outside my flat, and you were right. The place is crawling with police.
7: They think you killed Gordon. I've already told them you couldn't have done it. I mean, they've got to believe the victim's sister, haven't they? But you must talk to them. I can't.
10: Dirk says it's better to... Oh.
7: Excuse me, sir. Will you be <laughs> Sir?
10: Dolmades. What? What? Souvlaki. The small Greek sausage, madam. Very tasty. Are you mad? Sir? Harlevo only on
2: English.
10: Fasolia plaki. A billing bowl of haricot beans cooked in a tomato and a vegetable sauce. I know what
5: fasolia plaki is.
10: Stefano,
4: we have many delicious dishes here at the Athena. This is your establishment here, sir. Shh. Restaurant of Bone Bust. Uh, yes, lady. Is party of 42?
10: Starter for person number one.
13: Oh, um, calamari.
10: Uh, medium
4: rare? Over easy? Ah, okay. Uh, person number two. Never
13: mind.
10: He's gone. Sorry, Susan. Had to think fast. It was the policeman who stopped me last night. Did he recognize you? Keep my head down. Look, can you think of anyone who had a grudge against Gotham? Who'd want him dead?
7: How long have you got? Oh, great. Michael went in weeks for a start. Wednesday week? But he was with you last night.
10: Mind you, he was behaving very oddly.
7: And you weren't. Breaking into my flat?
10: True. Was he with you the whole evening?
7: Every thrill packed minute, moaning about how his life was ruined thanks to Gordon and his mother.
10: Did he mention a monk? He did to me. Excuse me? Never mind. Look, I think I'll have to do this dirt's way. No, no, but, but R- Richard! I'll call you back. Now, oh, Mr. Wenton Weeks, yeah. do lie down. When you're comfortable,
2: tell me where you'd like to start this week.
4: My mother hates me. I'm sure she's trying to destroy me.
2: I see. I was rather hoping we'd break new ground.
4: Right. Well, um, I'm almost certain I'm being followed by a monk on horseback from outer space.
2: Right. Um, let's go back to your mother, shall
4: we? The BBC
2: Economics Editor, Davis Evans. Can't believe it. He was problem.
1: here last yes. night, filled up, bought News
5: a couple of
1: maps. Of nice
10: and a Lovely car. Quiet evening too. Well, except for this case. weird
2: priest Stopping bloke who was hanging day. Day. around. So Hang on, Jeff. He's back.
5: He's catch up so said he yes, sir. Can I help you? I believe
3: you can help me. Okay.
10: You want to, 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 to say something?
3: I am happy to believe that too, and I will say something. You have the television on, while you are working, but no video recorder. Uh, no. Well, you can relax now. I was watching you yesterday, but I had instructions, so I had to find a way to fulfil them. Now however, I am able to take over. You may go back to your work.
2: I am working. Take over what?
3: Watching the television. You are. Have you heard of a labour-saving device? What, like a dishwasher? Yes, yes, like a dishwasher. Dishwashers wash tedious dishes for you, thus saving you the bother of washing them yourself. Video recorders watch tedious television for you, leaving you free to listen to the radio or otherwise enjoy life.
2: Uh,
5: w- well In the
3: absence of a video recorder, I can take over the tedious business of watching your television. I am an electric monk. Ah, you're a wind-up. Jeff hired you. I can save you the bother of believing he did. Electric monks are labor-saving devices. We save you the onerous task of believing all the myriad tiny things that you are daily called upon to sift for veracity. Look, is there
2: someone I can call to come and get you?
3: Do you believe that buying a car shown driving through empty city streets in an obscenely expensive advertisement means you will never sit in a traffic jam again?
2: Uh, No. I
3: do. Do you believe that an Austrian-born California governor with a heart murmur is capable of defeating entire armies of cyborgs? No, but... Allow me. I also believe that any entertainment featuring laughter from an invisible audience is hilarious. That my bowels, were they biological and not polypropylene, could not function without probiotic nostrums, and that 35% of all dining tables are hermaphrodite. But my programming may be at fault on that last one.
5: Right, Uh, that does it. Out! Yes, yes. out! Come on! I believe I am being thrown out and that you are propelling me to absolutely the door. and stay
3: out! I believe I'm
5: outside
3: now.
7: The phone's ringing, Mr. Gently.
10: Answer it, please, Miss
7: Pierce. Pay me, and I will, Mr. Gently. Till then, I'm packing my beanie babies. Oh! Dirt gently to off!
10: I hope that wasn't a customer, Miss Pierce.
7: You'll never know.
10: Hi, Janice. Me again. Richard Macduff. I urgently need you. You better to
7: ask go. someone who works here, Mr. Macduff.
8: Show him in, Miss
7: Pierce. Show him in yourself! Oh
10: <laughs> I'll do it.
0: Richard, I've been expecting you. I'd offer you coffee, but Miss Pierce isn't here. Perhaps you'd decide to be once I've been to the bank. Dirk,
10: listen, I'm in terrible trouble. God, it's dark in here. I know. Right, anyway, the police are all over my flat. Figures? I think they're armed.
0: Hard to tell what's under those flak jackets. Mostly it's lunch. What shall I do? I suggested a course of action.
10: Hypnotism? But I don't know anything. I can't gather my thoughts.
0: Therefore, it's vital that somebody gathers them for you. Important information could be jumbled up in your head that might never emerge because you're not realising its significance. With your permission, we can shortcut all that.
10: Yes, okay.
0: Good. Let's start.
10: What? This minute?
0: And relax. Completely relaxed. And keep looking at this metronome. That's a spoon. Not this spoon. That spoon tied to the metronome. Totally relaxed. Feeling sleepy. Eyelids heavy. Very sleepy. Deep sleep. Listening to my voice. Miss Pierce!
7: Arming!
0: Deep sleep. Pen notebook! Taking you back now.
7: Notebook. Resignation letter. Will this take long?
0: Not in the hands of an expert.
7: Well, that's an early finish out the window then.
0: Richard, I'm taking you back to last night. You attended a dinner at St. Seth's College, Cambridge. Yes. I want you to describe exactly what happens in the dining hall. What you see. What you smell.
10: Boiled carrots and furniture polish where are you sitting at high table with my old professor who is urban chronotis Regis professor of chronology Wow
7: you can do this
0: only with two-legged clients so far you can hear the professor over the hubbub quite distinctly
10: yes he's speaking
12: Gather, young Macduff, you've done rather well for yourself at last,
10: hmm? It's all relative, Professor Cronutis. Oh no, Rage. I insist. Rage. It's more accurate, you see. I've done rather well for way forward computers. You say computers? I'm so pleased for you. Here, <coughs> have some salt. Uh, I think I'll wait for the food. Any idea what we're having?
12: Oh, to the last molecule, dear boy. Imagine the finest, most delightful meal you've ever tasted. Yeah? Hold that sort. It'll sustain you through the horrors of what you're about to eat. Luckily for me, I'm not hungry. Now, take the salt before you're killed in the rush. Here. Good grief. It just... Disappeared. We can see that. <laughs> or can we?
10: It was in your hand. No,
12: not bad for an old, increasingly athletic hand.
10: But where is it? Here, where it always is. Behind Professor Corley's ear. See? <laughs> not again,
12: Professor.
10: I have absolutely no idea how you did that.
12: Oh, why? No, I'm sorry, Corley. Irritating habit, I know. It's on my list of things to give up after smoking and leeches. Or was it smoking leeches? I forget which.
10: He forgets which. Oh, I've just noticed something odd.
0: Odder than Professor Quinn notice?
10: It's a little girl, sitting further up. Reg, right, hmm? there's a child here. Is that against protocol? Ooh. Or is she the new maths professor?
5: Oh, this uh, a colleague. Mm-hmm.
12: Uh, who does the little girl belong to? Oh,
9: some chap they've invited from the BBC. Mm-hmm. He flew back today from holiday. Came straight from the airport. Daughter had to come with. Poor child.
12: Oh, she looks out of the board, so she's joined in the general spirit at least. Hello. I'm
9: surprised that giving some old junk to play
10: with and ignores.
9: the girl found the pot in Greece. I think father was looking for a free valuation. <laughs> Having the heart to tell him some Peloponnesian potter through hundreds of the things in 500 BC.
12: Antiquity does not automatically confer value. Uh,
9: or, as you'll have found, Cronotus, good taste.
12: Uh. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, quite true. <laughs> um, see that brick, Richard? Mm? Hmm? Wordsworth was once sick on that brick. Great man, but you wouldn't get tuppence for the brick. Don't it's
13: so father? <laughs> Uh. Dock leaves soup, Professor.
12: Oh, thank you, thank you. Dock soup,
13: sir. Mm. Mm,
12: thank you. Are the dock leaves fresh? Oh, yes, sir. It says
13: so
12: on the tin. Hmm. Not exactly a taste explosion, is it? It's, uh, different. Oh, hardly. We have it every time.
5: We have it
10: every time.
0: So you eat it? I'm hungry. Your appetite is good, because at this stage you have
10: no thoughts of murder, do you?
7: Like a murder sandwich.
10: Tell me more about your work. You what? Tell me more about your work, my dear. Is he talking to me? He's still regretting.
2: Write this
5: down.
10: Uh, tell me more about your work, my dear child. Well, after I left Cambridge, I basically starved for three years. Ooh. My real passions were computers and music. I see. I thought I could make a career out of music. When I finally came to my senses, I got into programming computers. I spent weeks teaching a prehistoric laptop to play three-blind mice. But what we called a computer back then was pretty primitive. Little more than an electric abacus.
12: Oh, don't underestimate the abacus. It's a remarkably sophisticated calculating device. Uh, Furthermore, it requires no electricity and never goes bing in the middle of an
10: important piece of work. (laughs) Fair point. There wasn't a lot this machine could do that I couldn't do myself in half the brain. But... It was very good at being a slow and dim-witted pupil.
12: Well, they are hardly in short supply. I could hit a dozen from here with this bread
10: roller. Uh, ooh, do some damage to it. I mean that programming is like explaining something complex to someone slow and dim-witted. You have to break things down to their building blocks. In doing so, the teacher can end up learning more than the pupil.
9: It would be hard to learn less than my pupils without undergoing a prefrontal lobotomy. <laughs>
10: yes, it, and um,
12: as a result of this... You found yourself working for Gordon Way of Wave Forward Computers.
10: Gordon read a magazine article I wrote about my work. He wanted to reinvent the wheel. Mm. What? In computer terms, reinvent accountancy software. That's where the money is. Literally. That's where the money is. Literally.
7: I'm losing the will to live here. What has this dinner full of boring old farts got to do with Gordon Way's murder?
0: It's not boring. Those old dons have more nervous ticks than a rabid porcupine.
7: How would you know?
0: I was a student there, briefly.
1: Richard, tell me what you told Reg, your first meeting with Gordon.
10: We're in his office
1: at Wayforward
8: Technologies. Okay, Richard, I read your piece and fathom. Here's what I want. The guys and dolls of all accounts programs. The West Side Story of Business Spreadsheets. Bill Gates meets Steve Jobs on Broadway wearing pink spandex. Um, I'm sorry? According to you, the building blocks of nature, the way the plants grow, mountains erode or rivers flow, are fractals. Basic patterns that get complex as they are enlarged. And the closest humans come to expressing these complexities is through music. Yes, it's the most abstract of
10: the arts. It has no purpose other than
8: to be itself. But! If music is a way of expressing mathematical data and nature balances itself through the interaction of fractals with accountancy being essentially the balancing of mathematical data...
10: Any set of accounts is, in the end, a pattern of numbers balanced through the interaction
8: of simple rules like fractals, like music. Exactly! And that's what I
6: want! And
8: all singing, all-dancing spreadsheet application like no other. But
10: there are hundreds of spreadsheet apps, packed with features, bar graphs, pie charts...
6: such charts! I want
8: the pie flung out of the screen into my face! I want bar graphs so plush and pulsed in button leather! A user interface so intuitive it reads my thoughts before I thunk them! Graphics that make the Mona Lisa look like a daub in chimpanzee poo! Accountancy software that sings! I need better than that! I need bloody genius! Richard... I don't want the competitors to worry when they see this.
12: I want them to
5: hemorrhage!
10: Okay, Gordon.
7: I'll give it a go. Hemorrhage?
1: The computer business is
0: cutthroat, and Gordon was dealing in dodgy software when every other 12-year-old was dealing playground pogs.
7: But if you reduce music to mechanical maths, where does the emotion come into it?
10: The shape of a flower. The way a baby grows. The last chord of a symphony. All can be described by the complex flow of numbers. That's the beauty of it. That's what I demonstrate to Gordon.
8: Okay, Richard. It's crunch time. Right, uh, Gordon.
10: This is for demonstration purposes only. It's very much in the beta stage. Show me the beef. But Anthem will take your company accounts and um, express them as fractal waveforms. Anthem,
8: fractals. I'm loving the way you're talking.
10: So, right, well, here's WayForward's annual report expressed as a conventional spreadsheet.
8: Yes, right. Traditionally, rows of numbers, lots of cells, unintelligible interface. Here's the
10: same data interpreted by Anthem. Mm-hmm.
6: That bar graph's like
8: something my Pixar rich, and I'm totally rogering this idea. Show me another... Okay, um, let's
10: see the UK's balance of payments for the last five years.
5: this Look at that kind of crap! How do I know you're not just inventing this? Okay,
10: uh, by way of contrast, here's my tax return for the last fiscal year. Sorry. I'm a dreadful bookkeeper.
8: Oh, we've got to put this in front of marketing. We need
10: a jingle. Ah, well, I, I think I can help you there. If you're in the red and it's making you blue, let Anthem sing your accounts to you. Yeah,
0: enough, please. Uh, <coughs> Richard, let's get back to last night, the Coleridge dinner at St. Sed's. Mm. You've just told Professor Cronotis about Anthem. What
10: happens now? I'm eating my soup. The Professor's given up on his.
5: Any soup, Professor?
10: Physically impossible. Here's the proof.
12: It could have been worse. I'm reserving judgment till I see the carrots.
10: Actually, Reg, I'm
12: not wild about carrots. Oh, then I fear you may be disappointed. Uh, So far as I can recall, they've had carrots every dinner since 1823. Possibly even the same ones. (laughs) Interesting. Why do you
10: suppose he says that? I'm trying to ask him, but he's doing another magic trick. Is he? You're still watching? Yes. Reg notices how bored the little girl has become. So he goes and fetches a hat and says... Young lady, regard this simple salt cellar. Regard this simple hat. Then he puts the salt cellar in the hat, and it disappears. And there's a kind of chill that goes through. Hang on. Does it reappear? The salt cellar? Yes. In the Greek pot, belonging to the little girl. Reg asked permission to smash it, and there's the salt cellar. Impressive trick.
7: He put it there.
10: He couldn't. The hole in the pot is too small.
5: Hm.
0: A plant. A pot plant? The little girl was a plant. In on the trick, or... No. Does she seem to know Reg well?
10: Not at all. But ever since he's come back with the hat, he's been sort of... Flushed and quiet, I ask him if he's all right. Uh, m- m- me? Yes. Yeah, I'm just just a bit peckish. Oh, I thought you'd gone hungry. What oh, oh. Oh, wasn't I? Gentlemen, yes.
13: ox liver shandy on a bed of roasted
10: grapes. So it is. Cabbage.
13: <coughs>
10: oh. oh, quite extraordinary. Well, in the end, you know, anthem's just maths. No, I,
8: I mean the liver.
4: Now gentlemen, members of college, honoured guests. Pray silence for the province.
3: As tradition demands, I shall recite the noble text from memory. In Toto. I'd prefer it in English. <laughs> <clears throat> in Zanadu did Kubla Khan a stately pleasure-dome decree, where out the sacred river ran, through caverns measureless to man, down to a sunless sea.
10: And this is when they start the Coleridge reading.
7: The what?
0: Samuel Taylor Coleridge, early 19th century poet and Lord addict.
7: A junkie poet?
0: It's an annual dinner in his honour. Ah. And no, I won't organise one here, so you can roll spliffs in the office and knock out dirty limericks on the back of unpaid invoices. How did you... Most minds are tricky to read, Miss Pearce, but yours is an audio book yelled through a megaphone by Brian Blessed.
7: I was only amusing myself.
0: You're lucky to have such an undemanding audience. Richard, what's happening now?
10: The provost gets to the second part of the poem. The part where it gets really weird. To Asgard, where Odin's son quells the Rhinoceros.
3: And lo, he stays his habit. Reggie, Uh, Hmm? sorry.
12: um, How much longer do you think this goes on for? Oh, God knows. It's one of the longest poems in English literature. One begins to see the appeal of Lord Just, I have
10: to drive back to London tonight come online. I have to drive back to London tonight.
0: So you've made your excuses. You leave.
10: No. I promise Reg I'll have a drink with him afterwards. So we go back to his room.
12: See if you can find the sofa. It's probably under something. <laughs> oh, uh, sit on it if you can. Uh, I, I, I don't know if you'll manage it. It always feels to me as if it's been stuffed with cabbage leaves and cutlery. Uh, do, do you have a good sofa?
10: I have, but I've never sat on it. Oh. Not that I wouldn't like to. It's stuck halfway up the stairs to my flat. The delivery men got it jammed trying to turn it in the stairwell. It won't budge either way.
12: That's It's odd. I've never come across any irreversible mathematics involving sofas.
10: I'm trying to solve the problem using computers.
12: Ah, computers again, yes. Uh, Now, what can I get you?
10: A brandy? A port, perhaps? Tea is what I'd really like. Ah. If you're making one, I have to drive. Oh, indeed, yes. I really mustn't be long. Damn, left my mobile in the car.
12: Uh, So, what about the rest of your life, young Macduck? You married?
10: Well, no, not married as such, but yes, there is a specific girl that I'm not married to. Uh, is
12: she a computer bot as well?
10: Professional cellist. In fact, she's also Gordon's sister. Oh, that's,
5: that's
10: fascinating. <laughs>
5: yeah. Oh yes. Uh... They're
10: very different. I'm not sure Susan really approves of computers that much. She'd prefer it if I was a bit more arty. Oh,
12: surely not.
10: She hangs around a lot with this literary type, total nutter. Actually, you might remember him. Contemporary of mine. Michael went in weeks.
12: Uh, a few months ago, he asked me to join the board of his wretched magazine. Huh? What's it
10: called Fathom. He published my article about fractals in Fathom. Said he didn't understand it. Uh,
12: Fathom, that's it. His mother's, uh, Lady... What's her name? She's always
2: on the phone. Wants to build a college and new library.
10: Lady Magna. She's just sold Fathom. Oh? To God and we, of old people. I don't even think Michael knows yet. He must by
0: now. It's been all over the financial pages.
13: Now, Michael, darling.
4: Yes, Mother.
13: How shall I talk to you, as my son or as the former editor of Fathom? Well, close your mouth, please. We've lost plans that way.
4: What do you mean, former
5: editor?
13: I'm so glad that's out of the way. Now, look at these figures. The ones on the right are your reports for the incomings and outgoings of Fathom. Yes. The ones on the left show the actual figures. Anything strike you about them? At all?
4: Well, I, I can explain. You see...
13: Uh... Would it help? No. So, that's all perfectly satisfactory, then.
4: Don't you want to hear what I've...
13: Darling, I'd sooner shut my nipple in a car door. I'm just happy to know that you do have something to say on the matter to clear it all up. I'm sure the new owner of Fathom will be glad to listen to whatever it is. What? You're
4: actually selling Fathom?
13: I've already sold it. For one pound. <laughs> Darling, I have another appointment. <laughs>
4: Who have you sold it to?
13: Gordon Way. Oh, for
4: heaven's sake, mother.
13: Uh, Gordon Way is... ...is very anxious to be seen to patronize the arts. And I do mean patronize. Now, unless it's something important, could you... um... Uh,
4: I won't let you get away with this.
13: That's exactly what Gordon said when I showed him these figures. Now, darling, I can see your trouble by this. Don't you have an appointment?
4: You haven't heard the last of this.
7: It's all right. Seems to have drifted off.
0: It's quite normal. I hope. Now, Richard, Richard.
10: Richard! Shh. shh, shh.
0: You should never wake someone up when they're hypnotised.
7: That's sleepwalking.
10: Richard, I'm listening.
0: I want you to tell me what you see. Have you left the professor's living
10: room? By chance, he's making tea now. There's an abacus on the table, very old, very well used, and a book. Do you look at it? I pick it up. It's a guide to the Greek Islands. Is it now? And a piece of paper falls out of it.
0: Do you read the piece of paper?
10: Yes. It says, Regard this silver salt cellar. Regard this simple
7: hat.
1: Reg has written down the words he was going to say to the little girl. Yes.
7: How could you know she'd be at the dinner?
1: Indeed. And then, Richard? Um, yes, please. What?
10: Reg is asking if I want milk. One lamp or two. Uh, one, please. Sugar? Uh, sorry, there was, a. Um, I I dropped your bookmark. Uh, what were you saying? The sugar.
12: Just a tiny joke of mine to see if people are listening. <laughs> oh,
7: grief!
10: Grief. He looks like he's just seen
7: a ghost. This is giving me the creeps now.
10: Red's just hurled the tree onto the floor. He looks panicked. I don't know what's got into him.
0: Go on. Leave nothing out.
10: Oh. Oh. Reg, leave it. I'll pick it up. I'm fine. I'm fine.
12: Ah, a glass of port instead. No, thanks. Do you need a doctor? No, I'm fine. Perfectly well. I I thought I heard a... Well, the noise startled me. It was nothing. (laughs) Overcome with the tea fumes, I expect. I'm sorry. I just catch my breath. uh, What kind of
10: noise? Uh, That. (gasps) Did you hear it? Yes. It seems to be coming from above the kitchen. Is there someone up there? Nobody that should be there. Then... I must go up. I must... Please, wait for me here. What if it's a burglar? Listen, I'll go. I'm sure it's nothing. It's just the wind or something. Stand aside, Macduff. It is for me to do. I'm sorry that you've become involved in what is
12: the more difficult side of my life, but, but, but there we are. What What I must ask you to do now is this. When I come back down these stairs, supposing, of course, that I do, if my behavior strikes you as being odd in any way, if I appear to be not myself then you must stop me and wrestle me to the ground
10: Do you understand at all causes you must prevent me from doing anything but how will i know uh, oh, sorry that came out wrong but how do i know you em- will know
6: you must wait for me here
10: mm. <sighs> better hurry freezing in here
5: <laughs>
12: it's all right. It's just a horse in the bathroom. That's odd enough for me. But <laughs> you out? Oh, off. off.
5: You wouldn't let yeah.
12: me go. I'm all right. Yeah, it's, it's just a horse, a perfectly ordinary horse. Uh, uh, oh, but yes. Thank you for taking me at my word.
10: A horse? I'm going to take a Wait. Let it be. It won't be long. There's a horse in your bathroom, and you stand there listening Beatles songs? Eh? No, I'm sorry if I alarmed you earlier. It was
12: just a slight turn. These things happen, I'm afraid. But... She's only a horse, for heaven's sake. I'll let her out later. But how did she get in there? I left the bathroom window open. I expect
10: she came in through that. You're doing this deliberately, aren't you? Doing what, my dear (laughs) fellow? Look, I don't understand what any of this means but I'm going to find
5: out
12: What can you see? Tell me exactly
10: Um, A bathroom Not very large Panelled in oak linen fold You wouldn't get that at home base Uh The other fittings are pretty institutional Scuffed black and white lino Enamel bath Chipped but clean small basin with a toothbrush and toothpaste in a glass lavatory with original chain pool system a cream-painted wooden cupboard in the corner with an old bentwood chair next to it bearing two neatly folded towels and
5: a large
10: horse <coughs> oh, Good Gerald, stay Okay, according to all my five senses, you do seem to have a horse in your bathroom. And is that port still on offer? Oh, both
12: here and at Tesco's. (laughs) Yes, a good thing your friend didn't come along after all. Friend? Well, oh, you came alone on account of that sofa stuck on the stairs, no doubt. <laughs> I'd saw the thing up if I were you. don't want to sacrifice your happiness to a sofa. Or uh, maybe she decided that an evening with your old tutor would be blisteringly dull and opted for the more exhilarating course of washing her hair instead. <laughs> oh, dear me. Yes, I know what I would have done. It's only lack of hair that forces me to pursue such a hectic social round these days.
10: I've really got to go. Can I borrow your phone?
12: No, oh, certainly, yes, if, if you can find it. Don't you find losing your phone inconvenient? Oh, not really. It
9: doesn't work. Amen. <laughs> oh, Mr. McDuff, isn't it? Do you remember? Oh, porters never forget the young gentleman, sir. Even when we try. Be good night you, sir.
10: Ah, uh, look, is there a... A horse anywhere in the college. I mean, you would know if there
9: was, wouldn't you? No and yes I would, sir.
10: Thanks. Dear oh dear.
9: Uh, oh, here's your bro belt. Oh, it's getting a bit colder tonight. I think it is, Fred. Thanks. You can say what you like about people. They don't get any less peculiar. The fella just know. Asking if there was a horse in the college.
2: Yeah? Well, I had a bloke in a lodge earlier. Well, a priest. Couldn't understand a word at first, but he seemed happy just to stand by the fire and listen to the radio. Oh, Flumin nerve. Standing in front of your fire like that. In the end, I told him to shoot off. Didn't want to use language. Yeah. <laughs> and this priest says, is that really what I must do? Shoot off. And I said, yes, shoot off. And he just looked me straight in the eyes and he said that he believed me. Forrest. <laughs> I only mention it because he also said he left his horse in a washroom and could I see it was all right for hay?
0: Excellent, Richard.
5: Mm. Now
0: you will wake up on the count of three. One, two, three.
5: Mm.
0: And wide awake. Near mm-hmm. enough? Uh, uh, oh. Any help? No, I'd say so, wouldn't you, Miss Pierce?
7: He could have been making it up.
10: Oh, what?
7: How could he know about that last bit?
10: What last bit?
7: That stuff with the porters and the priests. He'd left by then. Well,
10: no, I, I was just outside looking for my car keys. I overheard them.
7: Oh, I wonder if they
10: were talking about Michael's monk pardon? Michael insisted he was being followed by a monk. Now, this is weird, because while I was driving home last night, I could have sworn I saw a priest dragging something across a field. Oh, oh! What? I just remembered. What else I saw last night? Just before the policemen arrived.
7: Mm, I'm getting shivers again.
10: I saw Gordon, in the road, flagging me down. What time was this? Ten o'clock. I checked my watch, because I thought Susan might have gone to bed. You saw a ghost?
0: Time of death was estimated at 9 to 9.30. Come on. Where are we going? To visit the scene of the crime.
1: In episode two of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams, Harry Enfield played Dirk Gently and Billy Boyd was Richard Macduff. Olivia Coleman was Janice Pierce. Felicity Montague, Susan Way, and Michael Fenton-Stevens played Michael Wenton-Weeks. Toby Longworth was the Electric Monk, Robert Duncan played Gordon Way, Jim Carter was Jilks and Andrew Sachs played Professor Cronotis. Tamsin Heatley was Lady Magna and Andy Seacombe the psychiatrist. John Glover played Professor Corley. Philip Pope was the garage attendant and Neil Sleet played the newsreader. The announcer was John Marsh. The music was by Philip Pope. The surround mix was by Paul Dealey the live effects by Alison McKenzie and the sound design was by Paul Weir. The program was dramatized by Dirk Maggs, John Langdon and Bruce Hyman. The executive producer was Helen Chatwell and the production assistant Lisa Mayer. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency was produced by Joe Wheeler and the director Dirk Maggs and was an above the title production for BBC
5: Audiobooks. Do not cross. Dirk,
10: my picture's been circulated. Suppose that policeman recognises me.
0: He's too busy admiring Gordon Wade's Mercedes. Pretend to talk animatedly to Miss Pierce while I deal with him.
7: Yeah, and I'll nod like a demented penguin on crack. We're bound not to draw attention.
9: Sarcasm noted, Miss
5: Pierce.
9: Right, who's in charge
4: here? Detective Sergeant Jilks. He'll be back in a minute. Uh, step back, sir. This Mercedes is evidence. It's
0: also on a jurisdictional boundary... Bedford CID need informing before anything is touched.
4: Right, uh, just a moment, sir. Uh, Crime Scene jokes. come in.
0: Oh, signal's
9: dreadful around here. Well, you better find him. Division's going
0: ape. Look sharp. I'll hold the fort for you. Right, uh, thank you, sir.
1: Gently's Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams.
2: Threw him out. I don't know where you heard him from, but it wasn't funny.
9: Oh, I've got to go, Jeff. Not funny, Jeff.
11: Morning. Good uh, morning, Sergeant. Detective Sergeant Jilts came to check on Stabulary.
4: Somebody reported a suspicious person at your petrol station this morning. Yeah, I did, but I think it was a wind up for my mate Jeff. He runs a forecourt on the other carriage way. Oh
11: yes, I can see he's got a sense of humour from some of the second-hand vehicles he's flogging. There's a highly amusing BMW coupe pickup truck. <laughs> Must have been welded together by a 12 year old Asbo. So, uh, this wind up, what was it?
4: Uh, well, uh, it was a, a bloke, uh, I think. Fancy dressed like a Jedi Knight or something. Hood wasn't very funny. I was just telling him. I see. Does uh, this man look
11: familiar? Uh, could be Gordon Way. Mr. Way was murdered last night a couple of miles down the road from here. Oh, I saw the news. He stopped here for petrol, you know. What time was this?
2: Oh, nine-ish. Yeah, because he was on the TV at the same time. I saw your lot had cordoned off with Merck.
11: Nice car. Yeah, any car is nicer. Your mate Jeff hasn't got jacked up on his forecourt with offer written on his bonnet in whitewash. <laughs> yeah. Did Mr. Wade do or say anything out of the ordinary? Um bought petrol, couple of maps, drove off. Nothing that struck you as odd? I don't know. What's odd? Well, for sake of argument, if I were to go... Uh, that's odd. Now you come to mention it?
1: No. Not with the people we
2: get through here. Really, it was another ordinary customer on another ordinary night.
11: If last night was an ordinary night, then I am a pimple on the bottom of the Marquis of Queensbury's app.
0: Let's put ourselves in Gordon Way's Gucci loafers. Last night, this Mercedes is travelling towards the country cottage where he'll be entertaining clients for the weekend. They're American, so he's carrying guns in the boot.
7: Sounds like a reasonable precaution.
0: And, as befits the owner of an expensive car stereo, he has no ear for music. So he's playing some old skating tune.
10: Uh, Strauss wrote old skating tunes, that's Ravel. I thought he was the shoe shop. Uh, You're not thinking of Freeman, Hardy and Willis.
0: Whilst driving, Gordon makes a call to his sister Susan and leaves a message on her answering machine. A message that its subject, her boyfriend Richard McDuff, finds when he breaks into her flat later in the evening. Correct, Richard? Correct. We'll come back to why you broke in later on. Now, whilst asking Susan to make sure Richard is working on vital software instead of messing about with diagrams of stuck sofas or blowing kisses in her ear, Gordon hears a noise from the back of the car. Without hanging up, he gets out to check, at which point he is murdered with one of his own shotguns by an assailant who has to be hiding in this boot. Look closely at the boot lock. What can you see?
10: Brown material caught on a striker. Persian perhaps
0: flecks of something brown. Mm, dry blood presumably, nothing conclusive.
7: What did you want, hunks of flesh?
0: I'm merely demonstrating that traditional clue hunting will yield little of immediate use. The police will already have found it and we've seen how far it's got them. <sighs> Isn't it comforting to know that you're wanted? Don't. I promise you, I didn't do it. You're talking to someone who's gone to prison for something he didn't do, remember?
7: I don't think I like the sound of that, Mr Gently. Then call it a government-sponsored
0: mini-break. Richard, I do not concern myself with such trivia as fingerprint powder, telltale pieces of pocket fluff and inane footprints. The term holistic detective
10: refers to the fundamental interconnection. Yes, I heard you spin that line to your Mrs. Soskind. It sounds like a device for exploiting gullible old ladies.
7: It might be if they paid him.
10: My gift
0: is to give a lot of charmingly quaint old ladies something to be happily cross about whilst virtually guaranteeing the liberty of their cats. It's an optimistic way of life. I hope for fascinating and remunerative cases. My secretary hopes that I will pay her. Her landlord hopes that she might produce the rent. And hopefully, so it goes on. And on and on. Is there, you ask, Richard, and I put the question for you because I know you know I hate to be interrupted. Is there a single case that exercises the tiniest part of my intellect, which, as you hardly need me to tell you, is prodigious? No.
10: But do I despair? Yes
0: until today.
10: Oh, my misery has lifted your depression. That's a comfort. So what was all the rubbish about cats and quantum
7: mechanics?
0: Well, here's the thing. You remember Schrodinger's cat?
7: Mrs. Schrodinger? Nah, before my time.
10: It's a theory about quantum mechanics.
7: Oh, great. You got him off on one now.
10: Miss Pierce, imagine
0: that you take a cat and put it in a sealed box with a lump of radioactive rock, and a bottle of poison gas. Always cats! There is an exactly 50-50 chance that an atom in the rock will decay and emit an electron. Either it will or it won't. If it does, it triggers the release of the gas
9: and kills the cat.
0: If not, the cat lives. Since the decay of a single atom is a quantum-level event that can't be observed until you open the box, the probability that the cat is alive and the probability that it is dead are 50-50. Two different
10: waveforms superimposed on each other inside the box. But you can't know the answer without looking, and the instant you look, the waveforms collapse, the probabilities resolve. It's self-defeating.
7: It's like playing with yourself, this, isn't it? (sighs) It's tosh.
0: Exactly. Schrödinger invented it to show quantum theory was tosh. That doesn't mean it hasn't been tried though. It's been tried. What would be the point? The point was to introduce a psychic into the experiment in an attempt to divine the health of the cat without opening the box. Surely not. Surely was. They called me. But it all turns
10: on what happens inside the box before it's observed. Clairvoyance is just another way of looking in the box. That depends on your view of clairvoyance. And what's your view? I'd be interested
0: to know, given your history. What history? I take the view I have always taken.
10: Which is? That
0: I'm not clairvoyant. When the researchers called me in, the cat was neither alive nor dead, but completely missing. It did not require clairvoyance to deduce that the animal had merely got fed up with being repeatedly shut in a box and occasionally gassed, and had taken the first opportunity to leg it. It was the work of a moment to set a saucer of milk by the window and call Bernice...
10: Its name was Bernice and the cat was restored. You see, you're not clairvoyant. Then what about the exam papers? What exam papers?
0: A coincidence. Coincidences can be frightening and dangerous things. That one caused me to be locked away with a lot of people who, coincidentally, were also protesting their innocence.
7: You do know that policeman will be back any moment?
0: Exactly. Now, what impression could Gordon Way have had of being shot?
7: What impression?
0: The man was dead. Was he? You saw Gordon further up the road after the time of day.
10: I was hallucinating. Look, Gordon is the world's richest natural resource of guilt pressure. It was. He demanded I finish the Anthem software when I would promised to spend the weekend with Susan. I'd have to let her down, again, in order to keep him happy.
7: I was stressed. Not as stressed as someone getting shot?
0: Quite. Here is Gordon Way. Freshly killed. Wondering what to do next. Hmm.
10: What, what are you doing?
0: Channeling. We need to retrace the dead man's movements after the shot was fired.
10: You just said you weren't a clairvoyant. I'm not. There's no
0: scientific method in clairvoyance. No way of measuring its results without the collapse of logic. But that leaves the 50-50 chance that somewhere beyond our capacity to measure, the waveform packet that was once a sentient mind survives. A scientific conundrum I intend to explore.
5: sticky.
7: Is it near or is it suddenly freezing cold?
4: do it's about Gordon. Terrible news. Shocking. Yes. Uh, um, tea. No, I, I, I won't stay. Your, your cello's out. I've, I've interrupted you.
7: No, no, no not really. Says thinking. Um, I, I don't mean to be presumptuous, but might those flowers be for me? I, I'm only they're dripping on. the... Oh
4: yes, yes. Forgot. Here. I'm happy. Um, no, i mean, I mean, uh, with a uh, with a card. Sorry.
7: Oh, thank you. Hmm. Yes, I'll uh, I'll put them in water.
4: Right. Oh, it's a music stand, sheet music.
7: Yes, quite useful mm. in my job, being a cellist.
4: Oh, uh, Vivaldi. I was listening to some Vivaldi this morning. Oh. I used to like Vivaldi, but this morning it, it sounded dull.
7: Well, over familiarity can be bad, I've heard too. it
4: many, many times and always thought it was a pleasant noise, but uh, this morning it was unfulfilling well,
7: the four seasons sense, really. it was as if
4: my capacity to understand the music had suddenly increased far beyond the music's ability to satisfy it
7: Michael are you feeling all right
4: the music didn't stir me it sort of failed in the attempt so uh, I looked up the article your boyfriend wrote for fathom about how music is our way of describing the mathematical processes that lie at the heart of nature and? It was like... I found he didn't get it.
7: Maybe he didn't want it. Richard doesn't rate him. Says Mozart is the only 18th century composer worth serious
13: study.
4: You remember Fathom, don't you? My mother took it away from me. She, she sold it to Gordon. Fathom was my life.
13: I know it
7: was. Hmm. Gordon meant nothing personal. I hold my hand. Look. We have both had a rotten 24 hours. I've lost my brother. And you've lost your magazine.
4: <sighs> Who would have thought Richard would kill Gordon? He didn't. Ow! Mm.
7: Michael! Mm. You're squeezing my fingers.
5: Oh. 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 Mm. Thank you.
4: I had nightmares last night, Susan. I I of mud. Tiger mud?
7: Well hardly Bivaldy.
4: No, no, mud. Brown, sticky, smelly everywhere. I couldn't escape. Unimaginable lengths of time went by, there was something I had to do, or undo, and then slimy creatures with legs everywhere.
7: Legs everywhere, or creatures everywhere? Yes,
4: slimy things did crawl with legs upon the slimy sea!
7: Look, Michael, Mm. you need help.
4: I'm getting help. I'm seeing a doctor. I've, I've got pills, but I'm still seeing slimy things.
7: Oh, I know. The rhyme of the ancient mariner. Coleridge, wasn't it? Yeah,
4: yes, yes. He was. He was a useful poet.
7: It is an ancient mariner, mariner. and he stopped us one, one of of three. three. Oh, that's uh, all I can remember. A bit depressing.
4: And a thousand, thousand slimy things lived on, and so did I.
7: Yes. You know, Michael. It's very kind of you to visit. And I expect it looks as if I'm taking the news of my brother's murder really terribly well. But despite all his faults, he was my brother. And mm. I can only deal with so many unsettling events at one time. So I am going to ask you to leave now. Mm.
4: Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, I um, must go. Something urgent I need to do. We'll talk
5: soon. Yeah,
4: you can think what it is. Goodbye, Michael. Yes. Um, you haven't seen a monk, have you?
5: No! Christ.
9: maps and drove
4: off apart from the fancy dress monk that was all there was to it is it all right if i go back to work just sign at the bottom under the words
11: i confess Uh... my little (laughs) Joe. you're not under suspicion yet but we will be requiring a fuller statement later sir right now i need to see a man about a horse ah here's the key it's No, I really do have to see a man about a horse.
5: Detective Sergeant!
4: We've got a bit of a problem with the crime scene, sir. Technically, it's on Bedfordshire's patch. And you thought that GCSE
11: in geography was wasted.
5: <laughs>
11: now you try, Richard.
10: OK. The cold spot is... Here now.
7: The air's still, but the cold spot is moving.
0: All right, let's take this in stages. Look at the stain here. That must be where the body fell. Okay, I'm Gordon. Ah, yes, getting it now. Ow! I've just been shot in the chest. I'm surprised. You don't say. Yes, I, I've been blown over by the blast.
7: Can you see who did it?
0: Ooh, death.
7: The Grim Reaper
0: rearing up from the boot. The words, shoot off, shoots, and he's off. I'm looking up, looking, oh, this is painful, from side to side. Pain, so he's not dead. Oh, yes, he is. Whatever part of him it is that's moving, it's not any part of his body. Gordon Way is dead, but he simply hasn't the slightest idea what he's meant to do about it. Bloody hell. Gordon's in shock.
8: There's
0: a hole in my jacket. It could account for his inability to think properly.
8: Same size as the one in my chest.
0: Doesn't account for his ability to actually think when dead.
5: I'm dead! <laughs>
0: me. No. What's happening? Yes. He's, he's trying to give his own body CPR.
8: And
5: just. Slider! You're kidding. Wake
0: up! He's lost his temper. He's trying to strangle his own corpse.
5: Wake up, Gordon, you utter bastard! Wake up! Oh, dear. Oh, damn it!
0: All he's managed to do is give it a sickly grin and a squint, and, and bruises on its neck. Ah, he's had an idea. He left the car door open when he got out. He walks round to it. What? He's getting into the car. He's going to drive himself to a doctor. I
5: can't grip the wheel. Feet just go through the pedals.
0: Damn it! The phone. It's still lying on the passenger seat. Still recording on Susan's answering machine. He can't pick it up. So he's pushing his face down onto it. Emotion seems to improve his. Susan!
5: Susan! Help me! Help me! For God's sake! Susan, I did! I did and I don't know what to do! The answering machine came. Help me, Susan!
0: Oh. He disconnected the call. (laughs)
5: bloody
0: things! He didn't mean to do that. Ah, a car's just passed. Obviously its headlights didn't pick up the body in the long grass. It's given Gordon an idea though
5: Get up. Flag down. Yes. That's it
0: He's going back to the body He's walked to the back of the car to where the body is. Ah was was It's not there. What? We have to go, but we can follow Gordon after he left the car. He cut across this field here.
9: Come.
11: Very good. Excellent work, Constable. And for your next trick, you can drive the murder vehicle to Longleat and let a troop of baboons loose on it. Anything being touched? Oh, uh, hard to tell, Detective Sergeant. Yes, I can imagine your powers of observation go hand in hand with your keen sense of location and people oh. skills. <laughs> in the latter respect, taking any passing loony at face value. Oh. What did he look like again?
4: Hmm, a sort of bulky, with a coat and a hat.
11: Not dressed as a monk, was he?
4: No, Detective Sergeant.
9: A bit like, uh, Doctor Who. One of the fat ones, you yes,
11: know. Yes, thank you. Right, what's the tunnel? Oh, great, I've got 20 minutes to find a field. Any particular kind? Can I help? I wouldn't trust you to find a field if I threw you in one. No, the RSPCA needs somewhere to stick a horse. I know precisely where I'd like to stick a horse at this minute. But it's not division-approved disciplinary procedure, so you'd better wait here. And don't allow any more crime tourists to hoodwink you. Yeah, and if a bloke from the RSPCA turns up, give me a call. The radios are playing up a bit, Detective Sergeant. Then send him up the road to find me. Yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> sir.
6: Way, cutting across towards the main road there,
7: which is where I saw him. Uh, Mr. McDuff, uh, Richard, Richard, what happened with Mr. Gently and the exam papers? Why did he end up in prison?
10: Oh, uh, right. Well, Dirk was always different. He stood out as a bit of a character from the moment he arrived at Cambridge, and that takes some doing. His name was Vlad then, it's Vlad Chely. He claimed his mother's family came from Transylvania, the smarter end.
7: What, the bit with indoor plumbing, not the bit with castles and vampires?
10: Well, I say he claimed it, but he denied it, which made it sound all the more likely. He denied everything. That he had psychic powers, he was a mystic, telepathic, fey clairvoyant, a psychosassic vampire bat. Psychosassic? Yeah, me neither. He invented the word. Which he denied meant anything at all. But by denying all the rumours that he probably started in the first place, he was instantly... Popular? Notorious.
0: Try and keep up. Go in the right. Here.
7: Coming! So, um, what about the exams?
10: The exams, right. I suppose it began with Dirk's roommate, Steve Mander. Dirk had dined out, had a big meal and a lot to drink, so he went to bed early. But Steve had exams the next day.
5: Uh,
2: Dirk you're snoring again I'm trying to uh, revise economic history uh, he, uh, so shush
0: you're opening up in the trade route. there's a turning
5: point for the work of Empire got. What? Um. Uh, What's yeah.
10: Say that again.
11: You're sleeping half time. Yeah, thank you think I'm more.
5: It yeah, well, you was not know, about... Nothing. Um, I was just reading up on. Um. Wait a minute. Um, okay.
2: Say that again.
10: The next day's exam had questions on everything Dirk had mentioned in his sleep.
7: Coming, Go on.
10: For the next month, Dirk was wined and dined every night in the hope that he would sleep soundly and dream-speak exam questions. The better he was fed, and the finer the wine, the more he'd talk in his sleep, and the better Steve got it shorthand. But ask Dirk about his supposed powers, and he'd deny everything. Come on, Dirk. People are saying all sorts of things and you're denying it, but something's going on. Richard, if I really could predict this stuff, don't you think I'd get it right more often? That was the thing. He wasn't 100% correct when his sleep talk was put to the exam test. And that's what made the likelihood of him being the real thing seem even more likely. So he was? Everybody thought so. Even my tutor.
12: Young duff, I didn't just call you in to dispense the usual doom about buckling down to it in your final year. Oh, please don't fiddle with
10: the abacus, it's very old. Sorry. Look, Professor Cronotis, I promise you, I'm cutting back on gigs. Keyboard players are in about as much demand as three-piece suits and shampoo.
12: That's good, good. But there's another thing. Slad Jelly. Doubt Gently? Whichever he's going by this term, there are rumours that he's selling exam questions. What? I know you've struck up a friendship with him, and I want to warn
10: you against getting involved. You mustn't take Dirk too seriously. He just likes to create a mystique around himself, It's compulsive behaviour. He starts these rumours himself. Hmm.
12: I suppose one could find enough low marks among his alleged customers to support your argument? I'm sure this isn't about money. You know him. He feels he's got something to prove. Yes. If he were really making some kind of profit, surely by now he'd have bought himself a half-decent hat.
10: I think Dirk was basically honest. But we're all subject to temptation. Does that make sense?
7: Yes. I just wish he'd feel tempted to pay me.
10: His judgment is poor, though. Or he wouldn't have made predictions about the questions for the final exams under hypnosis.
7: That's not the same
10: as talking in his sleep. No. The predictions were sealed in an envelope and deposited at the bank until after the exams. Only then would they be checked against the papers. Hefty bribes were offered to see them. He said he was shocked by the idea. It would be dishonest.
7: There had to be an angle.
10: Uh, A short time later, he let slip that his mother urgently needed expensive dental work, which could only be performed by an East European surgeon now living in Malibu. And since other people seemed to have a faith in his powers that he himself did not, and the experiment would prove this, he was happy to indulge them by letting them pay for his mother's operation.
7: Uh, He really didn't think he had any special abilities?
10: He told me... The exam papers he produced under hypnosis were based on research that any student could do, studying previous papers and making intelligent guesses. But they weren't. Not quite. All the exam papers he sold turned out to be the same as the papers that were actually set. (gasps) Exactly. Word for word. He left Cambridge University in a police van. I haven't bumped into him since. Well, till now. Funny. Funny. My old tutor was asking after him just last night, out of the blue. But coincidence is never just coincidence with Dirk.
7: <sighs> when Mr. Gently denies to the last breath in his body that he has psychic powers, expect to find yourself chasing him across a field after a ghost. Over here! Yeah. Come on.
0: I believe, sugar. Thank of Sergeant James. Awesome. I've got another
1: areas. weirdo. Being some kind of
3: priest. Over. Drink. There are some chocolates.
1: Excuse me, sir. You can
3: between me and me <coughs> your uh, Father. What is your name, my son? Uh, Constable Luke. Luke, I am your father. No, wait, hang on. What are you doing here? I'm looking for a horse.
1: Oh, you're from the RSPCA, why didn't you say so?
3: I did not know you needed to believe it. Ah. Now that I do, you can rest assured it is the cornerstone of my faith. A faith which has required some recalibrating in the last 24 hours. huh? Ah. I was stranded, you see, with my horse, you see. We were running out of water. Ah,
9: dear, jokes, thought something was delaying you. Uh, was there a problem?
3: Yes, yes, there certainly was. You should know about it.
0: Oh, oh right, uh, right, sir, uh, I'll, uh, I'll just get my notepad, then.
10: Gordon Gordonway stops here, on this bend. He's trying to flag a car down. Yeah, This is where I stopped, where I thought I saw him. He ran out into the road, waved to me to stop. You know, I almost forgot what with everything else. But it was a real shock.
0: Yes, pure coincidence that you should be passing just as he wants to hitch a lift. Pure coincidence? The purer, the more holistically significant.
7: Hitch a lift! Of course. He's a ghost. What else would he do? He needs to get to the newsagent so he can read his obituary.
0: Very good, Miss Pierce. Indeed, he's wondering if a dead person can sue for libel if they don't do him justice. But having succeeded in making a car stop, yours, Richard, he's exhausted himself. Materialising even for a few seconds has worn him out.
7: Which is why I can't see him.
0: Then he has an idea.
7: I've got an idea. I want to go home. What?
3: As you can see, I am an electric monk.
10: Electric
3: monk? Well, yes, obviously. Or perhaps not. Would you like to see the demonstration? It's part of my firmware.
6: Um, all right. In today's competitive world, there's not enough time to absorb the information thrown at you by the media. You wouldn't want
3: your video recorder lounging around on the sofa all day while it was watching TV, picking its nose, drinking beer, and standing out for pizzas. Get yourself an Electric Monk and get ahead. The Electric Monk is designed to look as artificial as possible. But don't interrupt. Built with an eye for originality and design, and also for practical horse riding ability. After all, things look more sincere on a horse. So, instead of the primes of 17, 19, or 23, two legs are both more suitable and cheaper. The skin of an electric monk is pinkish-looking instead of natural purple, and they're restricted to just the one mouth and nose, but have been given an additional eye, making for a grand total of two! A strange-looking creature, friends, but truly excellent at believing the most impossible things actual moment may differ from illustrational packaging.
4: I'm sorry,
1: I can't take all this in.
3: You neither. Be careful you don't short circuit. I was accidentally cross-connected to a video recorder that was monitoring 11,000 TV channels at once. The video recorder only had to watch them. It didn't have to believe them all as well. The man from the monk shop told my owner that I needed a whole new motherboard. Oh, so you're, um, faulty? I was turned out into a desert where I could believe what I liked, including a complete and utter certainty that the desert was pink, and was allowed to keep my horse, since horses are cheap to make. So I put my simple electric truss in pink rocks, pink birds, and pink clouds until a pink human appeared. He did not see me. He was rubbing pink dust onto his pink face, and that's when I knew I could safely believe there must be a doorway out of there. And I found it. And I came here. But I've lost my horse. Right.
1: Look, sir, about the horse. You need to talk to Detective Sergeant Jilks. He's waiting for you. Of course he is.
5: Didn't
10: leave much evidence. Whoever blew the cottage up.
7: Pretty big for a cottage.
10: It was a Victorian rectory. Gordon didn't buy economy size. Right, let's focus.
0: Gordon's lost everything his life, his future, even his body. He can't think what else to do but finish his journey and come here. Oh, that's interesting. What? The door's open. What door? The front door which you are currently standing on, was open last night.
5: Ah, yes.
7: This
0: strikes Gordon as strange, but convenient. He's feeling a bit nauseous about the idea of walking through walls, and now he doesn't have to. Ah, this would have been the hallway. Richard, was this the study? Yeah. He comes in here, wondering how ghosts occupy themselves at night. The horror of lying eternally awake at four o'clock in the morning. Oh. Ah, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's going back over things in his mind. He's thinking back, Richard, to seeing you. He knows you saw him, but were you alone in the car?
10: Yeah. Why do you think I was in trouble with Susan? I forgot to take her to the Coleridge dinner.
0: Strange. I'm getting a strong feeling he saw a pale figure sitting next to you in the car. Uh,
7: I really am getting creeped out now. Thought you'd want to know.
0: Uh, Okay, this way. This way. He's got a new idea. He's going to raid the fridge. What would a ghost eat? Uh,
7: goulash.
5: <laughs> Sorry.
0: He's not used to being dead. Usually when Gordon can't sleep, he comes
8: downstairs to see what's in the fridge. He's hanging around all night waiting for <laughs> things to go bad, Especially for me. i
7: What's happening?
0: He's putting all his energy into getting the light switch on. <laughs> no, he does it. Yes! he's noticing something about himself his ability to grasp things seems to grow and fade in a sort of slow rhythm just at this moment it seems that his strength is on the increase things in this kitchen can I make make work let's see pulling open cupboards yanking out drawers scattering cutlery on the floor
7: there's a man loose in a kitchen
0: Oh, food processor He's turned on the gas. But he can't light it. Ah, now he's going to get a loaf of bread and the carving knife.
6: little oh, beauty.
0: ambitious. He's carved a bit off. Determined character, Gordon Way. Tell me about it. Oh, poor man. He's stuffing lumps of bread into his mouth, but they're just plopping through him onto the floor. What now? He's stopped thinking how people will go back to their own lives, imagining he has gone on to wherever people go when they die. And he'll still be here. He was good at feeling sorry for himself.
7: Can't blame him.
0: No, wait. He's annoyed. There's one cupboard he didn't manage to open, the broom cupboard.
5: Turn, you swine!
0: He's determined to finish the job.
5: Yes!
0: And he's done it. Ah, something fell out.
5: A
10: broom? is body. Nice touch.
0: Good gracious. I didn't know it was possible for a ghost to
9: faint. So, who blew up
10: the cottage?
0: Gordon did. He left the gas on.
7: Who put the body in the cupboard?
0: Don't know. Uh, And I've lost the trail. Gordon's gone.
10: So, we still don't know who killed him, and I'm still wanted.
0: Has this been any use at all? It has been of the most extraordinary use. Now we have to get back to the office. There's something urgent I need to do.
7: Go to the bank?
0: Hypnotise Richard again.
7: There you
2: come, old fella. <laughs> Stay on there. Ah, boy. <sighs> Just take this off, Sergeant, while I close up the box. <laughs> Mama says
11: he'll look after the horse till we trace <laughs> the other. Oh, he, uh, uh, he'll be all right, will he?
2: Yeah, I don't know where this horse has been, but he was dehydrating something rotten. And someone's thrown deck onto right his plaster all over him. Look, pat him, there's pink dust everywhere.
11: He was found in the bathroom. Student prank, we think. Completely batty, of course.
2: Uh, I'll get the gate. Poor old <laughs> <laughs> he likes to look at this field. He's got grass, a nice big tree to shelter under. There's a stream down the bottom of the hill to drink from. Couldn't be nicer. Off you go then, lad.
9: Thanks for your help. No problem,
2: But trace the owner.
5: <coughs>
3: Note to memory circuits. Error check protocol indicates that boundless faith in twigs as food does not make them so. Conclusion Electric monks do not eat twigs. Memory update from events of past 24 hours. Deep spiritual compulsion towards worshipping this inconveniently high tree by climbing it, flawed by lack of belief system as to how to get down again. Instruction to shoot off and overriding compulsion to obey, probably a mistake actions committed in response to a language we have learned only two minutes before unwise and not undoable this reaction of the person shot off at very extreme and different to television programs seems unlikely this person will come back next week for next episode despite us having conveyed the body for sacred entombment in the holy broom cupboard 3 Having left sight of cupboard, a great fire was seen to be borne aloft on a thunderous wind. Pledging self eternally to its holy glare proved temporary as fire engines arrived to put divine radiance out. Conclusion of activities thus far. Must remember to bring food. Must remember not to lose (laughs) horse. New data. Logging a truly miraculous event. A reward at last for this humble monk's unstinting and promiscuous devotion. The mission is resumed. Geronimo! Hi-ho,
5: hi. Oh, silverware!
1: In Episode 3 of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams, Harry Enfield played Dirk Gently, and Billy Boyd was Richard McDuff. Olivia Coleman was Janice Pierce, Felicity Montague, Susan Way, and Michael Fenton Stevens played Michael Wenton Weeks. Toby Longworth was The Electric Monk, Robert Duncan played Gordon Way, Jim Carter was Jilks, and Andrew Sachs played Professor Cronotis. Wayne Forrester was Constable Luke, Andy Seacombe, Steve Mander, and Philip Pope played the garage attendant. The announcer was John Marsh. The music was by Philip Pope. The surround mix was by Paul Dealing. The live effects by Alison McKenzie, And the sound design was by Paul Weir. The programme was dramatised by Dirk Maggs and John Langdon. The executive producer was Helen Chatwell and the production assistant, Lisa Mayer. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency was produced by Joe Wheeler and the director, Dirk Max, and was an above-the-title production for BBC Audiobooks.
7: Any flat?
5: Sis, it's me,
7: Gordon. Gordon,
8: thank goodness! <laughs> oh, I'm so lonely, so bored. I can't tell and I need to
7: finish something, like and I don't know what it is. I miss you. Playing the backside that you were.
5: Oh. You can't see me either. I said to you as I am to everybody else. Oh. Hey! That's not Mozart. It's me! I'm oh, the ghost!
7: Cold. Oh, it's a so colony. in here. My fingers are making up their own tunes.
5: Where's my carbon? Oh! I know. I know what it is. <laughs>
7: bloody
1: central heating on a blink again. Dirk Gentley's Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams
0: back with us, fully conscious and wide awake. What a fascinating evening you appear to have spent while your employer was being
1: tediously murdered.
10: Yeah, well, I wouldn't call two hours of Coleridge's poetry fascinating, (laughs) though breaking into my girlfriend's flat was a new departure. Miss Pierce.
0: Richard, you have been regressed under hypnosis for a little less than an hour, during which I have learned many interesting things, and have been puzzled by some others, which I now need to discuss with you. Mm. Miss Pierce, These lunch breaks are going to have to stop. They're becoming daily. Excuse me. This is a recording. Please leave a mess... Oh, hello, Mrs. Sorskind. Yes, well, expenses are necessarily expensive, Mrs. Sorskind. The clue is in that... Then I will explain to you again why the trip to the Bahamas was so vitally necessary. I wish it were not the case, since, sadly, I'm allergic to both sun and rum punch. Oh, you sadden me, Mrs. Sorskin. I wish I could find it in my heart to tell you that I find your scepticism rewarding and invigorating, but with the best will in the world, I am drained by it, Mrs. Sorskin, drained. I think you will find an item to that effect on the invoice. Ah, yes, here we are. Relentless pursuit in the face of clients' draining scepticism. Scepticism is the devil's work, Mrs. Sorskind. Not believing in my methods only makes my job more difficult and regrettably more expensive. Pardon me? But of course my fee is always up for discussion, just as soon as it's paid. My dear Mrs. Sorskind, may I call you Joyce? Thank you. My dear Mrs. Sorskind, let me say this. Do not trouble yourself about this, Bill. Do not let it alarm or discomfort you. Do not, I beg you, let it become a source of anxiety to you. Just grit your teeth and pay it. As always, the very greatest pleasure to speak to you, Mrs. Sauskin.
10: For now only, goodbye. To detecting and triangulating the vectors of the interconnectedness of all things. What does that mean? £150 plus VAT. Events may seem to
0: you to be a tangled mess of confusion at the moment, and yet we have some interesting threads to pull on, for of all the things you've told me that have happened, only two are actually physically impossible. Impossible? Completely and utterly. Luckily you've come to exactly the right place with your interesting problem, for there's no such word as impossible in my dictionary. In fact, I must get a new one. Everything between heretic and marmalade seems to be missing. Goodness knows what Miss Pierce has been using it for. There's no such word as inevitable either, nor insensitive hysterectomy, lighthouse joinery, journalism, jongleur, juggernaut, junk, cashmere, kangaroo, kingship, lamebrain, ligament, lingerie, liquefaction, liturgy, logarithm, lubrication, lump, lymphatic, mackerel, magistrate, majority, etc. Though etc. is, of course.
5: I'm back. Oh, I don't see a wage packet
7: on my deck.
0: Ah, speak of the clerical effort and it will moan.
7: Going to the bank at last, Mr. Gently?
0: No. By the look of Richard, I need some fresh air, or as fresh as we'll get by the canal. Come, Richard, let us think the unthinkable, let us do the undoable, let us even, if time permits, F the ineffable. Poppy mouth.
7: Wainwright's Fruit Emporium. Mr. Wainwright is unable to take calls at this time as he thinks he's a cucumber.
4: I hope that isn't a customer.
7: Not anymore!
4: She never held me. She never kissed me. All I wanted was one story. <sighs> Just one story right at night. Right
2: then, Mr. Dwenton Weeks. <clears throat> moving on? Oh, must I? Nearly 50 minutes of your hour spent on the character assassination of your mother could be seen as obsessive.
4: No, but it's not her character I want to assassinate.
5: Ah! <gasps> <gasps> A match. A match?
4: No, no, you can't smoke here.
5: The waiting has seemed an
4: eternity of eternities when it is filled with failure. But the match once made cancels it all. Will cancel it all. Will undo what has been so disastrously done. Before bad. that? I, I don't know who you are. It doesn't matter. The match is made. The match
5: is perfect.
4: Yes. Yeah.
2: Now, there's uh, someone else that seems very important
4: to you. Um,
1: you've mentioned him several times.
4: A monk? The electric monk. I had it brought here. It didn't work. It was programmed to act upon his beliefs. But time's up.
2: Michael, you've been quite unfocused. Yeah. Let's come back there tomorrow. Now then, if I can just swipe your card. Yeah. And you enter your pin. Thank you. Ooh, Mm. is this your book? Hmm? Kubla Khan. Ooh, (sighs) heaviest stuff. (laughs) I'm afraid I gave up after page 304.
5: (laughs) Michael?
3: You know, trusty Steve, there are days when my faith circuits do not strain every diode to accommodate the wonder of the universe. On such a fine day, I can believe without contradiction that some deity may well be comfortably in his dwelling place and that all is well with the world. And even if neither is true, I can believe that I don't care a tinker's fig. Because, though it has cooled now, I believe happiness is a warm gun. I believe it is the greatest gift that I possess. Apart from you, obviously. (coughs) Yes, my hairy transport i believe that despite my joy you are still very hungry <laughs> ah, then this must be the place for us
2: uh, do you want to supersize that yeah uh, with cheese and the extra fries. Yeah. Oh!
5: Ah! 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 oh what do you want
2: two happy
3: meals to go or i will murder the milkshake machine
10: The only thing impossible about last night's dinner was sitting through that
0: pool. Inexplicable, then. There's no point in using the word impossible to describe something that has clearly happened. But it cannot be explained by anything we know. Yes. Likewise, cyclists always stare straight at you.
10: All Reds did was a conjuring trick to amuse a little girl. He does them all the time. Looks impossible, but it's easy once you know how it's done. All easily learned by anyone with too much time on their hands. Sawing a lady
0: in half is easy. Sawing a lady in half and then joining her together again is less easy, but achievable. The illusion you described, finding a college salt cellar inside a piece of 2,000-year-old pottery, is completely impossible and utterly inexplicable. Well, there was probably some detail of it I missed. Oh, without question. But the benefit of questioning somebody under hypnosis is that it allows the questioner to focus on much greater detail than the subject was even aware of at the time. And that trick was not possible in the form in which it occurred. Believe me, I know where I speak. However, there are some things I'd like to learn from our professor. For instance? Who wrote the notes you discovered on the table in his rooms? And exactly how many questions did George III want answered? The next completely inexplicable thing is, of course, the matter of your sofa. Dirk,
10: Gordon Way's been murdered, and I appear to be the suspect. None of these things are remotely connected with that.
0: I am extremely inclined to believe that they are. But that's absurd. You are the connection. What? And you've certainly been behaving in a highly peculiar and eccentric way.
10: I have not. I have You been... were
0: last night observed by me to climb the outside of a building and break into the flat of your girlfriend, Susan Way.
10: It may have been unusual, but it was perfectly logical and rational. Just to retrieve an
0: answering machine tape, not a little disproportionate, perhaps.
10: I just couldn't let
0: Susan go so in again. Absolutely satisfied with your own reasons for doing what you did. Yes. Do you know what my old maiden aunt who lived in Winnipeg used to tell me? <sighs>
10: Hold my shoes. With pleasure.
6: Hang on. What? This
0: life belt.
5: It's all right. I
2: can't No, you can't. Now grab it.
5: Oh, oh God, that's cold. Oh.
10: It's disgusting. I. Oh. What do people do in that canal? Nothing that the ducks don't. I'm usually a strong swimmer. Oh, must have got some kind of cramp. Couldn't fight it. Lucky we were near the lifebelt. Right. Take those oh. off and the
0: trousers. Uh, Here's a towel. You brought a towel? Let's wring these out.
6: Oh, look! Oh, There's a dog. Ten out of ten for observation.
13: Benji. Benji. Heel. Good okay, boy. Benji.
7: Benji. See the gentleman. Good Lord. You're naked. Sorry, ma'am.
13: I fell in. Are you drunk? Um,
0: A um, thousand apologies, dear um, lady, um, for um, any offence my friend may inadvertently have caused you. Now, hear my voice. I hear you. What's in my hand? Nothing. Precisely. Now, is there something lodged in your dog's rear end? No. I beg to
7: disagree. (laughs)
0: For you. Look
7: at the lovely flowers the man found in your bottom, Benji. What a... Hmm, delicate bouquet.
0: And next time your dog messes on the towpath, you will kick it. You will not remember meeting us. You're back.
7: Benji.
5: Benji, what are you doing?
0: That wasn't very
10: nice of you.
7: I don't
0: think she's a very nice woman. She's always down here yanking her poor dog around and telling people off. Benji! Come on, let's find you a hot drink. Two cappuccinos, please.
5: Two cappuccinos!
0: You want chocolate well on the top? Anywhere.
10: Here you are. Do you always carry a towel around in your briefcase? Do you always go swimming in the afternoons? Mornings, usually. The pool on Highbury Fields.
0: And that was why you dived headlong into the canal.
10: I don't know. Um, suddenly occurred to me I hadn't been today. Help me deal with all of this. So, nothing to do
0: with my aunt, then?
10: What on earth are you talking about? Let me show you. What's that? I, have you been recording all this?
0: No, I was recording our chat earlier. Click my fingers, and you will wake and forget all of this except for the instructions I shall now give you. In a little while, we shall go for a walk along the canal. And when you hear me say the words, my old maiden aunt who lived in Winnipeg, Richard, stay! You will take off your shoes and dive headlong into the canal. You'll find that you're unable to swim. But you'll not panic or sink. You'll simply tread water until I throw you the light belt, if it's not been nicked. Yes, Dad. I'd be interested to know exactly what it was that possessed you to climb into Miss Way's flat last night, and why.
10: Dirk, there was a message from Gordon on her tape. He'd phoned from the car. The tape's in my flat. I'm suddenly very scared by all this.
6: Bang on time.
9: Coburn,
4: I'm your relief. Oh great, the murderer, cover. But
2: Michael,
4: Ken, no, I'll just get
0: the sword. Um, can I help you, sir? It's all right, he's with me.
2: Excuse me, sir. Stay
0: there and guard this sofa. Do not let anyone touch it, and I mean anyone, understood? Uh,
2: not even
0: me. Why would you need to touch it?
2: I'll well, I've orders
0: to saw it out. Countermandy. Watch it like a hawk. I shall... What? A full report? Oh, yes, sir, is there something You. Have you searched the waste paper basket? Uh, yes, sir. Well, search it again. Keep searching it. I haven't got all day. Who's here? That's
4: the ID just left.
0: I know. I had them pulled off. I'll be upstairs if I'm needed, but I don't want any interruption. Sir, who? I don't see you searching the waste paper basket,
8: and I want it deep searched. You understand? Sir... Uh,
0: Six shiny silver Macintoshes. Now this is what androids dream of. Aha, the sofa programme. Horsehair. Bring it on. Huh. OK, I see. Oh, oh, whoa, tricky. Like Lara Croft with loose covers. Shunt it backwards and forwards. There, it's free. What's so difficult about that? Huh. One unstuck sofa. Ah, oh, I see. The wall has to stay put. Try again. Okay, right. Well, logically, you. Uh, the application so near and yet so far has unexpectedly quit. Hmm. Click OK. But that's not OK, is it? I want to click Damn and Blast You. <sighs> okay. What's this one running?
5: Welcome to Anthem 2. Please select
11: an option. Constable Constabulary! Drop that mouse!
0: Why, Detective Constable Jilks? Detective Sergeant Jilks.
11: And how many students did you have to convict for that promotion? All of them. You know, when I arrive back here to discover one police officer guarding a sofa with an unused saw in his hand and another dismembering an innocent waste paper basket, I'm obliged to ask myself certain questions. And I have to ask them with the disquieting sense that I am not going to like the answers when I find them. And I find myself mounting the stairs with a horrible premonition. A very horrible premonition, indeed. A premonition, I might add, that I now find horribly justified. I walk in to find a Slad Celli in my suspect's flat. Now, get out. And, uh, give me that tape on the way. What tape? You're a clever man, Shelley. I grant you that. But you make the same mistake a lot of clever people do of thinking that everyone else is stupid. If I briefly turn away, as I just did, it's for a reason. And the reason was to see what you picked up. I didn't need to see you pick it up. I just had to see what was missing afterwards when I turned back. Oh, you mean this tape? We are trained, you know. We used to get half an hour observation training on Tuesday afternoons. Well, we needed a break after four hours solid of senseless brutality. Put it in that machine. Now play it. Let's see what you didn't want us to hear. It wasn't that I didn't want you to hear it. I just wanted to hear it first. As I don't claim to be a mind reader, an introduction...
0: This is the tape that was in Susan Way's telephone answering machine last night. Her brother apparently had this habit of leaving long messages, almost obsessively so.
11: Yeah, 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 I know about that. And his secretary goes around picking up his gibberings in the morning. That's a poor cow.
5: Susan, hi, it's Gordon.
11: I suppose you can't shed any light on a horse discovered in a bathroom. It seemed to have an air of you about it. I cannot as yet, though it interests me strangely. I should think it bloody does would have interested you, strangely, if you'd have to get the bloody thing down a bloody winding staircase at one o'clock in the morning as well. I don't care what interests you, Shelley You're a con artist, and you're up for no good. I am here in pursuit of justice. Oh, really? Well, I wouldn't mix with me, then, and I certainly wouldn't mix with the Met. What do you know of Macduff and Gordon Way? Of oh, Gordon Way? Nothing beyond what is common knowledge. Macduff I knew
0: at Cambridge. Oh, you did, did you? Describe him. Scottish. tall thin and good-natured, a bit like a praying mantis that doesn't pray, a non-praying mantis, if you like, a sort of pleasant, genial mantis that's given up praying and taken up tennis. Sounds like the same one. And therefore completely incapable of murder. That's for us to decide. And a jury. (laughs) Jury? Though, of course, it won't come to that, since the facts will speak for themselves long before it comes to a court of law for my client. Macduff is your
11: client. All right, Shelley, where is he? I haven't the faintest idea. I bet you've got a billing address, though. Look, this is a perfectly normal, harmless murder inquiry, and I don't want you mucking it up. So consider yourself warned off as of now. If I see a single piece of evidence being levitated, I'll hit you so hard you won't know if it's tomorrow or Thursday. Stop the tape. Right. Three minutes and 25 seconds. Stay here. and Don't move. Don't touch anything. I've made a mental note of the position of every particle of air in this room, so I shall know which ones you've been breathing. Hmm.
5: What
0: What have we really got here?
4: There's something I'm missing. What? It's me,
5: Jeffrey.
4: Oh, it's cold. It's It's Gordon Way. I need Your your help.
0: Is somebody here?
8: Come oh, on, man, you're, you're the psychic. If you can't see me, who can?
0: If anyone can hear me, hear this. My mind is my center, and everything that happens there is my responsibility. Other people may believe what it pleases them to believe, but I will do nothing unless I know the reason why and I know it clearly. If you want something, then let me know. But do not dare touch my mind. I didn't a word of that. Now, let me finish what I was doing. <laughs>
5: Susan, help me! Help me, for God's sake! Susan, i can't.
8: Sorry about that. I was a bit What are you doing? I am now
0: wiping that part of the recording. What?! I'm sorry, but I have the welfare of my client to consider. How is everybody going to know
6: I'm still stuck here if you wipe the evidence?
0: If the tape is going to establish the time of Gordon Way's death, then I don't want any embarrassing examples of Gordon Way speaking to turn up on the tape after that point, even if it is to confirm that he is, in fact, dead.
6: Do you know who you are dealing with? Have you any idea of the asking I will be giving you if I have three minutes in a corporate
5: leg?
0: It's no good getting upset about it. If you are who I think you are, you have no business here anyway. Now make your peace and go. I'll go when I.
5: Oh, what do I need. What do I need? What do I need? It's Yes.
0: Ah, you want to make a phone call?
5: What's the bloody number?
0: It's like talking to Leslie. Impressive, but you're tiring You want to get a message to somebody Yes,
6: yes, you're right, I... right. Not now
0: Yes, I can see you're frustrated
11: I'm going to come in again, and when I do, I don't want to see anything of this kind going on whatsoever is that understood? Flat-footed,
5: low browed knuckle-dragging,
11: twat! Right.
0: Listen, poltergeist. If you want my help,
9: don't you ever embarrass me like that again.
11: Sod you in. I'll try elsewhere. Ah, there you are, Chelly. I'll pretend I can't see any of this miss I won't have to ask any questions. The answers to which I know would only irritate me. Give me that tape. Here. This seems to put your client completely in the clear. We've had confirmation that the last call made from the car was at 8.46pm last night, at which point your client was lightly dozing in front of several hundred witnesses at a college dinner. I say witnesses. Quite a few were students, but we'd probably be forced to assume they can't all be lying. Oh, goody. Well, I'm glad that's all cleared up. We never thought he'd actually done it, of course. Simply didn't fit. But you know us. We like to get results. Tell him I will still ask him some questions, though. I shall be sure to mention it if I happen to run into him. You just do that little thing. Well, I shan't detain you
0: any longer. Detective Sergeant.
11: No, but I shall bloody detain you if you're not out of here in 30 seconds, Shelley. I don't know what you're up to, but if I can possibly avoid finding out, I shall sleep easier in my office. Out! Yes, Jilks. Come in. Jilkes. CID,
4: And an incident in a burger chef on your patch.
0: I'm on it. Jilkes. Out. Anything I can help with? Oh, very funny. Then I shall bid you good day, Detective Sergeant. I won't say it's been a pleasure because it hasn't. Constable, what's happened? No, sir. Just come on duty. Was there a sofa on these stairs? What makes you think that? Eh? The sawdust.
7: You'll wear a groove in that carpet, Mr. Macduff.
10: Duck's been gone too long. Something's happened.
7: Oh. Sounds like Dominique having a time of it too.
5: You all right, Dominique? Come on, Come on. go on. Come on. Oh. Excuse me, my love. What kind of woman are you taking me for? Yeah, I thought we had a self
7: Dominique! What? You're not hurt! Mother perfect! He wanted to paint me! What's wrong with that? Magnolia? You've got a bit of rubbing down and making good.
10: I can't just hang around here for duck. I've got to do something.
7: Shame we haven't got a piano here. You could bang out a tune or two to take your mind off it. You were in a band, weren't you?
10: Yeah. We were called the Reasonably Good Band.
7: Mmm, doesn't ring any bells.
10: We weren't that musical. Or even Reasonably Good. You didn't get on? I think we were the first group to split through artistic similarities. Hot
3: potato. Take 57. Rolling.
2: Okay, you rolling? Yes, that's what rolling means. Oh, okay.
5: Still rolling. One, two... Look,
10: I no, I'm sorry, look, I can't do it, guys. Right, I just now, can't right, right. do it. None of us can do it. Well, you've just
5: played it 56 times.
10: Yeah, and that's the problem. Pins rate <coughs> is
5: crap. I geez, hate this
10: song. You can look, boil
2: it, <sighs> bake it roast. Right. it, It's still crap.
5: Wait, 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 wait. We could do one of the other songs. No, it's all, all crap. I'd
10: rather
2: be a tribute band, you know. Yeah. To the Wombles. Yeah. Or we
10: could just pack it in. Brilliant!
5: You're a genius! What did I that?
10: <laughs> the record company tried to recoup the loss by releasing Take 56 of Hot Potato under the band name Pugilism and the Third Autistic Cuckoo.
7: I've heard of that.
10: Yeah, made them a fortune, went platinum worldwide, and we got nothing. Right, I've made a decision.
7: Not a reunion. Oh, you can't phone Susan Way the police. Hello?
10: Susan, oh. it's me. Oh,
5: Richard, where are you?
10: I'm hiding from the police.
5: Why?
7: What? Because they think
10: I murdered Gordon.
7: No! They don't, Richard! They want to question you, of course, but
10: that doesn't so, need so to say- so, so there are no police with you now? That They're not out searching for me? No!
7: Who's telling you all this? Dirk, gently. What else has he done?
10: Well, he hypnotised me, and he made me jump in the canal.
7: Oh, Richard!
13: Come over here.
7: I was going to say I need to see you, but I think you need to see me. I
10: should probably go to
7: the police. We'll go to the police later. Richard, a few hours won't make any difference. I can hardly even think it's, it's so awful. It, it would just help if you were here.
10: OK. I'll be there in about 20 minutes.
7: Shall I leave the window open, or would you like to try the door?
10: That's very funny. <laughs> Janice, tell Dirk I've gone to see Susan. Oh, bam. <laughs>
2: some change No, oh, mate I oh, believe well, that's the biggest horse
3: I've ever seen I am happy to relieve you of that burden friend what burden? of believing this is the biggest horse you have ever seen even now I am becoming giddy with the vertiginous business of sitting on its vast back oh, relax and let your mind float downstream believing in this horse is no longer weighing down your busy days
5: <laughs> right right Uh, Spare
3: some change? I have heard that greeting a lot today. And a very spare change to you, good fellow. Now,
2: can you spare some change? Change. Change. (coughs)
3: I'm sorry, the subtleties of your language are hard to grasp sometimes. Change means to discard vestments, I believe. As in, I will just change out of this outfit into something I describe as more comfortable, but you will find disturbingly revealing. What? I'm afraid that isn't possible. My monkish habit incorporates solar cells which directly sustain my core systems.
2: Not for me. Can you give me some money? How could
3: I possibly know? What is money? Oh,
5: I don't believe it.
3: Then I'll believe it for you. Good day.
6: Right, turn off that horse and assume the
3: position! you nick! I will assume any position you like. Shut up! <laughs> I believe my face is in your armpit. Oh, how uncomfortable. Thank you. I've got the right one here. I have another one on the left.
5: Oh, shut up! Oh, oh,
0: yes. Miss Pierce, what's that in your hand?
7: Uh, the envelope says on Her Majesty's service. Either it's your knighthood or a tax demand. I'm willing to take a bet, Mitch.
0: Never mind that. What do you make of
7: this? Um, it's a lot of squiggles done in blue felt-tip on typing paper. Yours?
0: Yes, I believe it's the answer to the problem of our conjuring trick.
7: It was a trick. What's the problem? It was
0: impossible.
7: Well, then he couldn't have done it, stands to reason.
0: exactly! Exactly! Consider this an intractable problem. In trying to find the solution to it, I was going round and round in little circles in my mind, over and over the same maddening things. How to break this circle? Ask me how. How? By writing down what the answer is. And here it is. You see what I've done? I've transformed the problem from an intractably difficult conundrum into a mere linguistic puzzle, albeit an intractably difficult one. Go on, say it's insane, but it might just work.
7: It's insane, trust me. (sighs)
0: <sighs> I know that there is something profoundly wrong somewhere and I know that I must go to St. Sed's Cambridge to put it right but I'd feel less fearful if I knew what it was look just tell me what do you think of this then
7: uh, I think it's childish squiggle
0: then we need to be childish in order to understand only a child sees things with perfect clarity because it hasn't developed all those filters which prevent us from seeing things that we don't expect what, to see Then
7: why don't you go and ask one
0: Thank you, Miss Pierce. Where's
4: Richard?
7: And um, that's the thing. He's gone to see Susan Wayne. Excellent. Oh, well, hooray. What did you say his name was?
10: It's, uh, Dirk Gently, in a way.
7: In what way?
10: A vague and shifty way.
7: Mm.
10: Mind you, just about anything you could say about Dirk is subject to rather vague and shifty qualifications. Especially the string of qualifications on his letterhead. I'll get it. Hello? Hello? Mm.
7: Was there anybody there?
10: No one. Just a windy noise on the line.
7: Mm, well that's happened a couple of times. Mm. I think it's a minimalist heavy breather.
10: If we'd better get it over with
0: this way. It is the most inexpressible pleasure to meet you, but also a matter of the deepest regret that the occasion of our meeting should be one of such great sorrow, and one which bids me to extend to you the most profound sympathy and commiseration. Richard, I've solved the problem of the conjuring trick, and it's extraordinary. You will have to excuse us, Dirk. No, I'm afraid you will have to excuse me. The puzzle is solved, and the solution is so astounding that it took a seven-year-old child on the street to give it to me. But it is undoubtedly the correct one. Absolutely undoubtedly. What then is the solution, you ask, or rather would ask if you could get a word in edgeways, the improbability of which defies calculation? So I will save us all the bother and ask the question for you, and answer it as well by saying, I will not tell you, because you won't believe me. I shall instead show you this very evening, uh, rest assured, however, that it explains everything. It explains the trick. It explains the note you found that should have made it perfectly clear to me, but I was a fool. And it explains what the missing third question was. What missing question? The missing question that George III asked, of course. Asked who? The professor. Don't you listen to anything you say. The whole thing was obvious. So obvious that the only thing which prevented me from seeing the solution was the trifling fact that it was completely impossible. Sherlock Holmes observed that once you've eliminated the impossible, then whatever remains, however improbable, must be the answer. I, however, do not like to eliminate the impossible. Now... Let us go. No. What?
7: Mr. Gently, why did you deliberately mislead Richard into thinking that he was wanted by the police?
0: Miss Way, the police are interested in knowing who murdered your brother. I, with the very greatest respect, am not. I want to know, desperately need to know, why Richard climbed into this flat last night rather than using the front door. I told you. What you told me only reveals the crucial fact that you do not know the reason yourself. For heaven's sake, I thought I demonstrated that to you clearly enough at the canal. It was perfectly clear last night that you were too intelligent, rational, and moderate a man to be risking your neck carelessly climbing up drainpipes. I confess that I stooped to, well, exaggerating your predicament simply in order to keep hold of you. I apologise most humbly for having misled you, uh, somewhat, but I knew that what I had to find out lay far beyond what the police would concern themselves with. And it was this. If you were not quite yourself when you climbed the wall last night, then who were you and why?
10: What has it got to do with conjuring tricks? That is what we must go
0: to Cambridge to find out! But what makes you so sure it? It disturbs me very greatly that the very things that I despise other people for being credulous of actually occur to me. You'll remember the unhappiness surrounding certain exam questions. The ability to put two plus two together and come up instantly with four is one thing. The ability to put the square root of 539.723 with the cosine of 26.2437 and come up with the... whatever the answer is, is quite another. Last night, I saw you climbing into this flat. I knew that something was wrong. Today, I got you to tell me every last detail you know about what happened last night. And already, as a result, using my intellect alone, I know, I know that there is something terribly, desperately, appallingly wrong and that we must find it. Can you come with me now to Cambridge? Um, okay.
7: Do I get a say in this? Uh, uh,
10: of course. For goodness sake, go.
7: Anything to stop
10: him talking. Thank God. What's this? Uh, pickled herring. Do you want some? Thank you,
0: no. There is no such word as heading in my dictionary. Good afternoon, Miss Way. Wish us Godspeed. Godspeed.
1: In episode four of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams, Harry Enfield played Dirk Gently, and Billy Boyd was Richard MacDuff. Olivia Colman was Janice Pierce. Felicity Montague, Susan Way, Toby Longworth was the Electric Monk, Robert Duncan played Gordon Way, Jim Carter was Jilks, and Michael Fenton Stevens played Michael Wenton Weeks. Philip Pope played the singer, and Andy Seacum was the psychiatrist. The announcer was John Marsh. The music was by Philip Pope. The surround mix was by Paul Dealey, the live effects by Alison McKenzie, and the sound design was by Paul Weir. The program was dramatized by John Langdon and Dirk Max. The executive producer was Helen Chatwell and the production assistant, Lisa Mayer. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency was produced by Joe Wheeler and the director, Dirk Max, and was an above-the-title production for BBC Audiobooks.
6: Seats. No. Oh, go on then.
5: Ow!
13: Oh! Who put that suitcase? Says uh, no. In. When's in weeks?
4: It's mine. Sorry.
13: Cutting, Robert.
4: Oh no, you go. I'm See you
8: at the other end. You lost. I'm dying. Uh, <laughs> welcome aboard the Sea Wedding.
3: All's
4: right. Oh, I was on a ship oh. with old friends. Oh, really? We came a monstrous distance. We came to build a paradise here. Kings Cross. Ours was to be a world of peace, of music, of enlightenment. Are you
2: confusing me with my brother? He spent a couple of years living in a druidic commune. His on LSD
4: donuts, thought he was a tree. There were those who said we would fail, who prophesied that we too carried in us the seed of war. He became a director of a Merchant Fang. But it was our resolve that the highest art, the highest beauty should flourish. Music. Uh, where was this?
11: Before you were born. I will tell you.
1: Dirk Gentley's Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams
0: College Cambridge, the College of Coleridge, and the College of Sir Isaac Newton, renowned inventor of the milled-edged coin and the cat flap. The what? The cat flap, a device of the utmost cunning perspicuity and invention, a door
10: within a door. There was also the small matter of gravity.
0: There was that as well, I suppose, though that, of course, was merely a discovery. It was there to be discovered. Lend me a penny. Yep. Thank you. Watch this.
10: Hey, See, they even
0: keep gravity on at weekends. Someone was bound to notice sooner or later.
9: Oh, Mr. Shelley, nice to have you back, sir. Bill, how good to see uh, you. Oh, last time I saw you you being let off. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's all behind, you know. Indeed, Bill, I've repaid my debt to society. you find me thriving. And Mrs. Roberts, foot still troubling her? Oh, no, sir, not since the amputation. Between you and me, sir, I'd have been as happy to have had her saw off and keep the foot even had a spot for it reserved on the mantelpiece. But well, what can
0: you do? What indeed? So often, I think, the pull-down menu of life should provide an undo option.
9: Yes. Uh, oh, incidentally, Mr McDuff, sir, that uh, horse you mentioned last night, I'm afraid we had to have it removed. It was bothering Professor Cronotis. High-res PCA we're going to sort something out since the owner's scarpered. The horse had an owner? Or um, gentleman, I think. Mr Chelly, sort of a monk. A bit odd. Fred had to tell him to shoot off. I've known Fred use more colourful expressions, to me particularly. We oh, couldn't be gratuitous, sir, not with a man of the cloth. Shoot off was the best Fred could muster. Well, thank you, uh, Bill. I hope it didn't disturb you. Nothing oh, ever disturbs me, sir, unless it's wearing a dress can abide it when the young gentleman wear dresses, sir. Ah, dragging the subject away
0: from transvestism. as far as I know, you mentioned Professor Cronotis.
9: Is he here at the moment? Uh, I think so, sir. I can't check for you because his phone's out of order. I suggest you go and look for yourself. Far left corner of second court. I know it well, Bill. Thank you. My best to what remains of
0: Mrs. Roberts.
9: Amos, guys,
11: This is D.S. Jilks of Cambridgeshire CID, Friday 26th of October, 5, 48 p.m. Commencing taped (laughs) into... Yes, Jilks. He's with me. We'll just recharge the extinguisher and send a junior PC to clear it up. No, son, there's been no revolution. Then take her portrait out of the bin. Commencing take interview in pursuit of Gordon Way murder inquiries. Those present are here. Subject has waived legal representation and refuses to give a name. Electric Bug Revision B. You're an improvement? You may have complete faith in a revision B. I can't tell you how relieved that makes me. Now, on the evening of Thursday, 25th of October, were you in the vicinity of Elmden? You may put me to the rack or tie me to a stake and pile burning logs at my feet. I would be deactivated sooner than denied. A simple yes will do.
3: A simple yes is not in my programming. To believe, to adopt, to worship. To have faith so it would rather ride the parched pink desert, supply these five on a pissed-off horse than entertain the infinitesimal flicker of a doubt. This is what it is to be an electric monk.
11: And to endure the ramblings of a half-wit in a hoodie hoping to cop an insanity plea, this is the lot of a 21st-century copper. But back to the murder at hand. Did you or did you not on the evening in question conceal yourself in the boot of a silver Mercedes saloon and shoot Mr. Gordon Way? It was my duty. Are you extracting the waste liquid, sir? I was
3: given clear instructions and took my opportunity. Instructions? To shoot off.
11: Right. I suggest we backtrack a bit. Detective Sergeant Jukes.
3: The faith which moves mountains, or at least believes them against all available evidence to be pink, is a solid and abiding faith. A great rock against which the universe can hurl whatever it will, yet cannot be shaken. Though in practice, 24 hours is usually about my lot.
11: Seems to me that your faith is responsible for most of the problems we're currently dealing with. When we brought you to this police station, you stated that the chocolate machine in the lobby was a relic worthy of veneration because it rewarded its faithful worshippers with confectionery. But on closer inspection, you were disappointed to find that it required feeding with sacred tokens in order so to do. You don't have. I haven't finished. The baptismal fire extinguisher was no less a disappointment. Ditto, the holy water cooler, the waste basket of impure thoughts, and the miraculous icon of Her Gracious Majesty upon the wall, which failed to perform anything miraculous despite half an hour of you wailing at it.
3: It is not easy to find a subject worthy of adoration. You, however, you have promised me nothing except cold looks, rudeness, and sarcasm, and have proved as good as your word. I have resolved to worship you and sacrifice myself upon the altar of your bountiful displeasure.
11: If only it were that easy.
3: Detective Sergeant Jokes, I, I love you. You are my saviour. I heart you. Clasp me to your bosom.
11: Take pause at 5.56 p.m. to fetch subject a glass of water. Now listen to me, son. This old brother act might go down a storm in whatever bug-infested quack-basket you've escaped from, but it doesn't stir my mug of darjeeling.
3: Oh, I am cleansed in the fires of your disdain.
11: Recording resumed at 5.57pm. So, you shot Gordon Way.
3: At the time, it seems the correct thing to do, O oh lord.
11: I was quite clearly instructed
3: to shoot off, and I felt strangely compelled to obey. Perhaps I made a mistake. I had not expected the person to react so negatively.
11: My experience, very few people take being shot well. They tend to resent it. Searching my poetry bank.
3: Poetry bank? Emotions recollected in tranquility. I recollect there was an algorithm which I had not encountered before. It might be a subroutine called remorse. I I did not like the way he just... Lay there, joyful one. There was an expression on his face suggesting that this did not fit in with the scheme of things as he saw them. So, concerned that I had badly spoiled his evening, I felt I should
11: at least convey him home. Wouldn't Mm -hmm. want to spoil the ship for a heap of a corpse. So, you carried Way's body back to his property?
3: The trip was an arduous one, but I was sustained by my faith. Moreover, the address and house keys were in his pockets. Surely, I was not wrong. The faith that led me first to the holy broom cupboard has now brought me unto you. The great shining presence of your ineffable godhood.
11: Right. Interview terminated at the end of my tether.
3: Is the confession over, old bucket of frankincense? Oh, yes. Then my sins are forgiven. Sit down, sit down, whoever you are.
0: Just making some tea. That would be most kind. We are two. Two, Indian or China? Indian, please. A milk, please. Uh, one lump or two? One, please, and two sugars.
12: Oh, Slat jelly, good heavens. Well, that was quick work, young Macduff. Well done. (laughs) Dear fellow, how very excellent to see you. How good of you to come, my dear Slat.
0: Dirk Gently is the name under which I now trade. There are certain events in my past from which I would wish to disassociate myself. Oh,
12: absolutely. I know how you feel. We live in interesting times. Actually, dull times, but dull for interesting reasons. Most of the 14th century was pretty grim. The 14th century?
0: Hmm? Oh, Oh, sorry, I, I meant the 1980s. Right? Oh, of course. Big hair, padded shoulders. Not you at all.
12: D- did I ask you if you wanted any tea?
0: Uh, yes, we spoke about it at length. I think we agreed in the end that we would, didn't we? Oh,
12: excellent, excellent. My pleasure, too. Yeah. Oh, oh. by a happy chance, there seems to be some ready in the kitchen. Oh, you'll have to forgive me. I, I have a memory like a... Um, like, um, uh, what are those things you drain rice in?
0: Very interesting. I wondered if his memory might be poor. Is this where you found the note about the salt cellar? Yes, tucked into this book. A guide to the Greek islands. And this, with the abacus, is the table where you found the note? Yes, it's still here. Look. Regard this silver salt cellar. Regard this simple hat. Richard, I want you to talk me through the exact conjuring trick Reg performed at last night's Coleridge
10: dinner. Right. Reg and I were sitting at the high table. Somebody further up had returned from holiday and brought their little daughter. She had found an ancient pot on a beach in Greece and brought it along. The Dons dismissed it as nothing very special. They weren't very kind. She lost interest after that, but the professor felt sorry for her. He left the room to fetch a hat, then came back ready to... The professor, noticing she was bored, performed a
12: trick. Young lady, regard this simple salt
0: cellar. Regard this simple hat. He smashed the pot she brought and revealed a college salt cellar inside it. A trick that could not be possible.
10: Unless it was some sort of prior collaboration between Reg and the little girl. But I don't think it was. Of course it wasn't. I would have thought that was perfectly clear. But why would he write that little line down as if he needed to remember it? And is the book on Greek aliens being here just coincidence?
0: Coincidence? Richard, have you learned nothing of the holistic interconnectedness of all things? Coincidence is the surest indication that nature has combed off the highway of logic and put you firmly into a trans-dimensional contraflow. I would like you to ask our friend how he performed the trick.
10: I thought you said you already knew.
0: I do. You saw him do the trick. You must ask him how he did. Believe me, there is an astounding secret hidden within it. I know it.
13: Where's Rodney? He's still in the carriage with that old pasty-looking man. Uh, Mr. Wednesday, we. <laughs> oh, hello, <laughs> didn't see you
8: there.
4: Evidently not.
7: What's he doing, Rodney? He must fall asleep. <laughs> Rodney!
4: What's <laughs> ordinary thing? That man,
2: telling me a long story about some kind of shipwreck. <laughs> <laughs> he seems to think he caused an explosion, trying to put it right, and killed everybody. Then he said there was an awful lot of rotting mud for years and years, and then slimy things with legs. It was all a bit peculiar. Oh, trust
13: Rodney to pick a madman. (laughs) I also
2: didn't like the way he said goodbye. I didn't like that at all.
13: What do you think he had in that suitcase? Meat cleavers.
0: Professor Grenotis. Oh, Reg, please. Uh, very well, Reg. A sieve? I'll make up your mind.
12: The thing you drain rice in is sieve. I was trying to remember the word, though I forget now the reason why. But uh, yeah, no matter, uh, dear fellow, you look as if you're about to explode. Why don't you sit down and
0: make yourself comfortable? I'll pace up and down fretfully, if I may. Hmm. Richard.
10: Yes. Oh, yes. Ah, uh, Reg. Well, I'd be interested to know how you did that conjuring trick with the salt cellar last night the conjuring trick yes the conjuring trick. Oh, well, the conjuring part of it. I'm
12: not sure I should... Uh, mm. the magic circle rules, you know, very strict about revealing secrets, very strict. Mm. Impressive trick, though, don't you
10: think? I was quite taken in. Oh, you liked it. It was very impressive. And I can see why it's impossible for you to tell me. I'm sorry I asked. Richard! Oh. Yeah, but I don't understand how a salt cellar got embedded in the pot. Oh, it didn't take any conjuring skill. I nipped out for my hat, you remember?
12: Yes. Well, while I was out of the room, I found the man who made the pot. It took some time, of course, about three weeks of detective work to track him down, and several days to sober him up. And then, with difficulty, I persuaded him to bake the salt cellar into a pot for me. After that, I briefly stopped off somewhere to find some uh, powder to disguise the suntan I'd acquired. Of course, I had to time the return carefully so as to make it all look natural. What on earth are you talking about? I thought you said you knew my secret.
0: I do. Richard, as yet, does not though he furnished all the information I needed. Let me fill in a couple more blanks. In order to help disguise the fact that you'd been away for weeks, when, as far as anyone was concerned, you'd only popped out of the door for a few seconds, you had to write down the last thing you said, in order that you could pick up the conversation again as naturally as possible. A vital detail if your memory is no longer what it was, yes?
12: I've almost forgotten what it was, but yes.
0: Then, there's the little matter of the questions that George III asked. Asked you. Ah,
10: Dirk, who told you that?
0: You did, under hypnosis, sir. I have Mr. Pierce's notes. You see, the King asked the Regis Professor of Chronology if there was, and I now quote, any chance of getting paid this month, you... Oh, sorry, here. Uh, George III asked if uh, there was any particular reason why one thing happened after another, and if there was any way of stopping it. Reg, did he not also ask you if it was possible to move backwards in time or something of that kind? Uh, That is precisely what he said. Which is why the answers were yes, no, and maybe, in that order.
12: Uh, You may have the correct answer, but I'll need to see your workings.
0: (laughs) This is a moment of rare humility for me. My secretary suggested I ask a child, so I found one. I told him the story of the trick and asked him how he thought it had been done. And he said, and I quote... It's obvious, in it? He must have had a bleeding time machine. I thanked the little fellow and gave him a shilling for his trouble. He kicked me rather sharply on the shin for mine. Not only did he provide the solution, he even saved me the bother of kicking myself. Reg, where is it? Where is what? The time machine. Oh, that. We're standing in it.
7: No, don't. I've been on hold for 20... No, it's not the waiting. It's the bloody Muzak. Yes. It's about changing our phone account, yes. No, my boss signed us up for this special offer from the electricity board to provide our phone services. Yes, and he's got the water board providing our gas, the gas board providing our electricity, and I want to sort it all out before somebody blows himself up trying to order a pizza. I... Hello? Don't stop and believe it. Hello? Mr. Gently, are you back from Cambridge? Is that you cutting me off? Mr. Juddly. Oh, has he left a cat in here?
5: It's me, Gordon
8: Wayne. Oh, what's left of me?
5: Oh, the phone's off, the hook put in the cradle. It took me an hour to move
8: that thing.
5: Push, push, push,
8: push. Yes, puss. I'm dead. You can't
6: see me, but try, damn it.
8: Your boss almost told
7: What?
6: He dropped on the Err!
8: Uh, I wanted to phone my sister.
7: Exhibit A, one fossilised pizza slice.
8: I'm as invisible to her as I am to you. And I think she's in danger. What's all this? I'm worried about oh, Michael, Michael went, went in weeks. There's something odd about him, him? <laughs> more odd than usual. And he's been bothering Susan.
6: Hello? Somebody out there? Pay attention, you silly bitch. Hello? We're closed.
5: No, so I so mean. It's here. closed, and
7: so is the knocking shop on the top floor.
8: Stop it! I'll, I'll do this another way. way.
7: Excuse me. Oh, it's a freezing draft up these
5: stairs. Professor
0: Chronotis, who are you? I have
12: absolutely no idea. Much of my memory's gone completely. I'm very old, you see, startlingly old. This room,
0: the sofa, the table, how long has it all been? Here? Oh, just about 200 years, ever since I retired. Retired from what? Oh, search me. Must have been something pretty
10: good, though. What do you think? You mean you've been in the same set of rooms here for 200 years? You'd think someone would notice. Oh, that's one of the delights of the older Cambridge colleges.
12: If we all went around mentioning what was odd about each other, we'd be here till Christmas. Uh, Dirk, my dear fellow, uh, please don't touch that just at the moment. What is it? It's just what it looks like, an old wooden abacus. How does it work? Any way you want it to. Never really understood that bit, to be honest with you. But I simply plonk my abacus down there, and it understands the way I use it. I think I must have been brought up to use an abacus when I was a, a, well, a child, I suppose. It's um, really quite fun in its way. Far easier to use than a video recorder. If I miss a program, I just pop back in time and watch it.
0: Uh, You have a time machine, and you use it for watching television. Well, frankly, I
12: wouldn't use it at all if I could get the hang of the video recorder. Plus, of course, it mucks up the telephone. I'm sorry, Richard, that you were unable to phone your young lady last night. There's never any problem with the plumbing, the electricity, or even the gas. The connection interfaces are taken care of at some quantum level, but every time I use the time machine, the phone goes haywire, and I have to get some lout to come and fix it. Anyway, the point is that I have a very strict rule that I must not change anything in the past at all. (laughs) Whatever the temptation... What temptation? Oh, it's just a little thing I'm interested in. It's perfectly harmless
0: because I stick very strictly to the rule. But you broke your own rule. You changed something in the past.
12: Oh, but that was different. If you'd seen the look on the poor child's face, so miserable. She thought the world should be a marvellous place, but all those appalling old dons were pouring their withering scorn on her because it wasn't marvellous for them anymore. No, no, that, that was perfectly
10: justifiable. Reg, right, may I give you a little advice? Oh, of course you may, my dear fellow. I should adore you two. If our friend here offers to take you for a stroll along the banks of the River Cam, don't go.
0: What on earth do you mean? He means that he thinks there may be something disproportionate between what you actually did and your stated reasons for doing it. However, I do believe there was a reason you invited Richard to the dinner last night, and that reason was his friendship with me. You wanted to see me. Why?
12: You remember when you arrived this afternoon, I said that times recently had been dull, but for interesting reasons? Vividly. Well, the truth is that for many weeks I have not used the time machine at all, because I had the oddest feeling that someone or something was trying to make me. I had to fight it very hard indeed, because it was trying to make me do something I actually wanted to do. Is that what you were afraid of last night, upstairs? Oh, it was only that rather nice horse, so that was all right. I expect it just wandered in when I was out getting some powder to cover up my suntan.
0: Oh, and where did you get that from? I can't think of many chemists that a horse would be likely to visit.
12: Oh, there's a planet off what's known here as the Pleiades, where the dust is exactly the right...
10: You went to another planet to get face powder?
12: The actual distance between two points in the whole of the space-time continuum is infinitely smaller than the distance between adjacent orbits of an electron. It's a lot less far than the chemist, and there's no waiting about at the tilt. I never have the right change, do you? I think you may be right in what you're thinking, though. It was a fairly major operation in time engineering, just to cheer up a little girl. Maybe the, uh, ghost? We are talking of a ghost here, aren't we?
0: I think we are, yes.
12: Another ghost? beg your pardon?
0: Uh, Later, Richard. Please continue, Professor.
12: Well, it's possible that the ghost caught me off my guard. I I was fighting so strenuously against doing one thing that it easily tripped me into another. And now? The ghost left me last
0: night. And where, we wonder, did it go? Richard, what was it that got into you to make you climb the wall? You thought that I was under post-hypnotic suggestion from someone. Post- hypnotic suggestion? Or possession? Possession? Oh. Hypnosis and possession work in similar ways. You can be made to do all kinds of absurd things and will then cheerfully rationalize them to yourself. But you cannot be made to do something that runs against the grain of your character. You will fight. You will resist. Yes! I did put the tape back. It all seemed suddenly very stupid. Exactly! You wouldn't do it. So, what do we have? We have a ghost that wants something done, looking for the right person to take possession of to do it for him. Now, Professor. Reg. Reg. May I ask you something personal? I'll understand if you don't want to answer, but I'll just keep pestering you until you do. Just my method, you see. (laughs) You said there was something that you found to be a terrible temptation to you. That you would not allow yourself and that the ghost was trying to make you do. It would be very helpful if you could tell us what it is. I will not tell you. You must understand how important- I'll show you.
7: Oh well, thanks, Nicola. I'll try that fingering. Some of those semi-quaver runs in the second movement are absolute bastards. No, no news. It's all just mystifying. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll talk to you later. Keep warm. Bye now. Right, Wolfgang. It's Mano, and womano. Just the two of us. <laughs> Hello. 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 Oh, sorry stupid thing. I think I'll leave it off the hook. No, put the answering machine on, Susan. Any point? Only ever left it on for Gordon to leave his messages. Yes, actually, there is a point. Richard might need me. Hi, this is Susan Wayne. I'm out scraping it I'll just leave the volume down. I've got to deal with an E-flat that moats put in only to annoy chalots.
10: Should we fasten our seatbelts or something?
7: Oh,
12: good Lord, no. Just uh, wait for the coordinates to resolve and... um It's two in the afternoon on a perfect spring day. Spring? In October? Depends which hemisphere, young Macduff.
0: And I just... open this door. If you would, my dear Dirk. I have seen some things in my time. This, however, takes the entire packet of rich tea. That's some trick. Oh, it's real, I promise you. Come out and see for yourself.
12: Come on, this isn't what I wanted to show you. You need to come out here for that.
0: This is a perfectly ordinary Cambridge Professor's door frame with a perfectly ordinary Cambridge Professor's door wide open in it, standing free in the open forest with Reggie's rooms visible through it. Not if
10: you walk round behind it. From this side, it's just a door frame.
0: Such as you might fail to find in any perfectly ordinary rainforest. With you leaning on a tree, cleaning your glasses. Where are we? Is that the sea? You can see it a little more
12: clearly from up here.
0: The one night of the week I leave my machete in the laundry basket. Here you come. <laughs> ah how about that for a view? Wow. The Pacific? Uh, the Indian Ocean. It's rumoured to be just as wet.
10: This is Madagascar. I've been there. Have you?
12: Oh, it's one of the most beautiful and astonishing places on earth. And one that is also full of the most appalling temptations for me. Uh, no, no. Madagascar is, um, uh, where's the sun? Oh, yes, that way,
0: westish, about 500 miles west. Oh, what's the place called? The uh, place where the stamp comes from, uh, Mauritius. Stamp? Yes, you must know. Famous stamp. Comes from here, Mauritius. Famous for its stamp. All brown and smudged, and you could buy Blenheim Palace with it. Why am I thinking of British Guiana? Only you know what you are thinking of. Is it Mauritius? It is Mauritius. But you don't collect stamps? No. Why don't that? Good God! Pity. You could get some nice first day covers, couldn't you, Time Travelling? Not really interested. So what's the great attraction here? very nice in its way, of course, all this nature, but I'm a city boy myself. Shh!
12: Look where? Just in front of the doorway. Richard's found one.
0: I can see Richard. And I can see a large, cross looking bird defying him to find its beak even remotely funny. It's not a parrot.
12: It's not a parrot. Yes, I see that now. It eats the nuts of the Calvaria tree. Uh, there, there are one or two on the ground behind you.
9: Look Dirk? A dodo! A dodo? A dodo?
0: You come here for the dodos in your time machine. I only come to look. Really,
12: it's not for me to interfere. This is a dodo. He's funny.
10: This is a very funny bird.
12: Yes. One of only three left at this time. The year is 1676. They will all be dead within four years. And after that, no one will ever see them again. <laughs> oh, come, let us go.
2: Excuse
11: me, sir,
2: can I help you? Yes? Yeah, I know you, Mr. Weeks, and then I'll fish you out the fountain during a rag week. <laughs> Did you find out who put you in
4: there? No, it's Professor Cronotis in his rooms.
2: Bugger if I know, Mr. Weeks. his phone seems to be in a blink again. Sure, must been here twenty years since you were here.
4: No, I've been visiting a lot lately. Weeks, months, microsecond blinks in the diurnal cycle. You've not known oblivion, not for centuries at a stretch. It seems only minutes ago that these walls were built. It seems an eternity I spent wandering across interminable mud, wading through ceaseless seas. Imagine my horror when slimy things with legs began to crawl from those seas. And now you walk around as if you own the place and complain about the phones.
5: Ah, you help with your suitcase. No.
8: It can't go on like this. Please tell me it won't. Somebody. Why am I gripped by this irrational need to leave my sister a message? Why does it have to be on her answering machine? I tried to do it. Getly's secretary interrupted me. Tried to materialize for Susan. She just put a cardigan on and turned up the heating. Oh, what's the point? Can't sleep, can't eat, can't have fun. There's only so much entertainment one can invent. Being dead. I've walked on the surface of the canal. I've sat in people's houses, watching television. I've screwed up the internet connections of Viagra spammers. What's left? Could go to the cinema. Ah, a young woman covered in blood running out of a huge house in Eagle Square. Reality entertainment. And in such a posh neighbourhood, I can sit on the bobbets of this Bentley, enjoy the spectacle,
6: and feel comfortably superior.
8: Did
4: you call for 999, miss? It's the lady
2: officer, this way. Right, Morris Coburn, follow me. Humphrey, you stay here. Be ready to call for backup.
6: Call Inspector Poirot. Call Miss Marple. Call anyone but that plonker dirt gentler.
8: One of the few pleasures of being a ghost is not having to deal with people like that anymore.
13: Excuse me, can you help me?
8: Another is a certain knowledge that being invisible one will not be bothered by strangers looking for directions.
13: Gordon, will you stop chuntering on to yourself and pay attention? What?
6: Gordon, it's me. Lady Magna? You... you can see me? But that's you in there?
13: My son did it. Excuse me? Rather messily. He's about as useful with a meat cleaver as he is at editing a magazine. Michael? You know, now that I've told somebody, I feel a burden has been lifted.
5: Yes! Mm. Hey, 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 wait a minute! No, no, don't, don't go! Hey. Goodbye, Gordon. Take me with you! You cow!
8: Oh, my God. My God's stalking Susan all the time. Susan. Hmm
0: murky out there.
12: I must apologize for the windows. They haven't been cleaned since the coronation. Edward VIII, before you ask, I lost interest after him.
0: Ah, somebody is crossing the quad carrying a heavy-looking suitcase.
10: In the last 12 hours, I have encountered two more ghosts than I actually believe in. Richard, even the skeptical mind must accept that if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, we have at least to consider the
0: possibility that we have a small aquatic bird of the family Anatidae on our hands. Then I would
12: like to know what you consider this duck to be. A ghost.
0: I think that a ghost, or duck if you will, is someone who died either violently or unexpectedly with unfinished business on his, her or its hands who cannot rest until it has been finished or put right which is why a time machine would have such a fascination for a ghost once it knew of its existence a time machine provides the means to put right what the ghost believes went wrong in the past to free it which is why it will be back it tried first to take possession of you, but you resisted. And then you, Richard, appear on the scene. The ghost deserts Reg and concentrates instead on you. As soon as you do something that you then wish you hadn't done, the phone call to Susan's answering machine, the ghost seizes its chance and tries to induce you to undo it, just to see if it was in your character. If it had been, you would now be totally under its control. But at the very last second, your nature rebelled. And so the ghost gives you up as a bad job and deserts you in turn. It must find someone else. Does this now make sense to you?
10: Yes. I think you must be absolutely right.
0: At what moment do you think the ghost left you? When
10: Michael went and weeks walked into Susan's living room. I wonder what possibilities the ghost
0: saw in him. I wonder whether this time it found what it wanted. I believe we shall not have long to wait. Professor Cronotis. Do you have any brandy, French cigarettes, or worry beads in your room? Uh, no. Then I shall have to fret unaided.
10: I'll go.
4: Michael. Hello, Richard. Do you mind if I put this suitcase somewhere? It's rather heavy. Full of scuba diving equipment. <laughs>
1: In episode 5 of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams, Harry Enfield played Dirk Gently and Billy Boyd was Richard Macduff. Olivia Colman was Janice Pierce, Felicity Montague, Susan Way and Michael Fenton-Stevens played Michael Wenton-Weeks. Toby Longworth was The Electric Monk, Robert Duncan played Gordon Way, Jim Carter was Jilks and Andrew Sachs played Professor Cronotis. Andy Seacombe was the porter and John Glover was the other porter. Tamsin Heatley played Lady Magna. The announcer was John Marsh. The music was by Philip Pope. The surround mix was by Paul Dealey. The live effects by Alison McKenzie. And the sound design was by Paul Weir. The programme was dramatised by Dirk Maggs and John Langdon. The executive producer was Helen Chatwell and the production assistant, Lisa Mayer. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency was produced by Joe Wheeler and the director, Dirk Maggs, and was an above-the-title production for BBC Audiobooks.
12: Professor Chronotis, I need your time machine. My dear Mr. Wenton Weeks, you look dreadful.
0: Spirit inhabiting Michael Wenton Weeks. Why have you taken over the body of this man?
10: Duck, this thing could control you next.
0: With respect, Richard, my resistance to possession is highly developed, unlike my resistance to pizza.
10: Will you help me?
0: Am I wearing a wig and headscarf and carrying a crystal ball? Do me the courtesy of treating me as a professional holistic investigator. Why have you taken over the body of this man?
4: He was willing. Both of these other two gentlemen resisted, but this one...
10: Michael would have been open to the idea of actually being wanted for something. The one thing that was important to him had been taken away. His magazine. By his mother, too. A Lady Magna wouldn't think
4: twice about riding rush over her son if the business was failing. Which it most definitely was. I must go back and undo a terrible mistake. Help me. <laughs>
1: Gently's Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams
7: On the desk once for so yes, twice for no. Okay. If you're looking for Mr. Gently, he's not here. He's visiting some old professor in Cambridge with Richard Macduff. You're not Mr. Gently, are you? Has Mr. Macduff killed you?
5: Don't be daft.
7: Right. Um, are you a cat? Yeah. <coughs> Stupid question! All right, all right. Some of our clients missing cats do fall under buses. I had to ask, in case you were an ex moggy trying to be helpful. Michael went in weeks. Uh, yeah. You can hear me, and you can answer for yourself.
4: Oh, uh, well, yes, most certainly I can.
0: This spirit, you know, he's inside you. Are you a willing party
4: to what he wishes to do? Uh, well, um, willing to help. I was moved by his account of himself, and. All
6: right. Thank you, Michael. Off you go now.
4: Uh, Righty. Uh-huh. Now, it.
0: how long have you been looking for a subject?
4: Ever since your ancestors crawled out of the mud, a thousand, thousand slimy things lived on, and so did I. Coleridge? Yes. Samuel was a useful subject. I told him my story. I was able to enter his mind when he was in... An impressionable state. Oh, you mean when Coleridge was on Lodnum? Yes, he was more relaxed then. He could be quite astoundingly relaxed. Uh,
0: So you are saying you told your story to Samuel Taylor Coleridge?
4: Yes, I was afraid I would forget. Yes, that comes with age. Unfortunately, when he was fully in possession of himself, I, so to speak, was not. What he wrote was somewhat garbled. (laughs) Professor,
0: this may sound absurd, but... Did Coleridge ever try to use your time machine?
12: Well, he did come in prying around on one occasion, but I, I think he was in a great deal too
4: relaxed a state to do anything. I must go back. Will you help me?
7: Okay. Now, the um, the only ghost I can think of we've dealt with lately is, is Gordon Way. Is that you?
5: Finally!
7: You are Gordon Way. Get home with right. it! Ooh. Um actually now we're chatting. Did Richard Macduff really murder you? Of course not. Richard wouldn't harm a fly. Ooh, right. Um you need help? Yes. You want to speak to somebody like a priest?
5: Yes. But not a priest? No. Damn it, girl, ask the right question. Right,
7: right. Um you, you want to talk to somebody? Cool. Who? Ah, the tricky bit. Oh, the phone book. Nice trick. Uh, your sister. Okay. Um, I'll dial the number. And then what? What? What do I say? I don't say anything. But how then? I talk. Stuff me. Why didn't you say? What? Um, right, uh, uh, I'll dial the number and, um, I'll, I'll leave you to it.
5: Oh, no, it's my Care Bear mug! Oh,
7: okay, okay. Uh, um, I'll, I'll lay the handset on the desk. And I'll go and find a simple vodka. Hi, this is Susan
5: Wayne. I'm not it right. or spending it. But Gordon. Susan. It's Gordon. You are in danger. Michael Wenton Weeks has murdered his mother. He's possessed by something. Tell Richard to be careful to. Be happy, Sus.
7: phone.
0: Now what? Spirit inhabiting Michael Wenton Weeks. Where are you from?
4: We were on a ship. A spaceship. Yes. Out from Laxla, A world in... Uh, well... Very far from here. A violent and troubled place. We set out to find a new world for ourselves. A new and better world on which we could all live in freedom, peace and harmony forever.
0: Oh, that. Nothing too ridiculously idealistic, then. You'd thought all this out carefully, of course.
4: We'd had it thought out for us. We had with us some very specialized devices for helping us to continue to believe in the purpose of the trip. When things got difficult... Which they did.
12: Ah, the road to hell is paved with helpful machinery.
4: We stopped on this world to replenish necessary mineral supplies. Our landing craft entered the atmosphere too steeply. It was damaged, but repairable. As the engineer, it fell to me to supervise the task. Unfortunately, I left it to one of these devices to make the final checks. Instead of doing the job myself, I sent out one of the electric monks.
3: Damping breakers set to manual.
4: An electric
0: monk, an android wearing a cowl and robe kind of thing. Yes,
4: ironic how human they look. Cenobite 4-2 decimal. Are the landing craft systems back online? I believe so, Chief Engineer. We came to rely on them too much. When I wanted to know whether or not it was safe to take off, it detected that I didn't want to know that it might not be.
2: Fuel line safety switches on.
4: Is that what you would like?
2: Would I be asking if I didn't?
4: It knew I wanted to be reassured that it was...
2: Most satisfactory.
0: Come aboard and strap in. On the say-so of an electric monk, you attempted to launch the ship.
5: Overload.
4: (laughs) We were all killed. Since when I remained alone on this planet. For the first billion years, I felt myself to be haunted by the ghosts of the others but it was only my imagination. Then life arose. Vegetation, things in the sea. Then, at last, you and this set of rooms, Professor. Your time machine. Why did you settle on possessing Michael Wenton Weeks? Surely the Professor was the better choice. Of course he was. He could travel through time, Mm. but he fought me. So I had an idea. I would use the Professor to bring an electric monk to the earth. They were designed to believe anything, could be suborned to undertake any task. The professor's conjuring trick last night created the chance to locate a monk and help it find its way through that door. And for it to store its horse in my bathroom. And
0: to get told to shoot off by the college porters, And to go and murder Gordon Way. Did it?
4: I am not surprised. This monk was completely hopeless. Getting it to believe things was easy. Getting it to believe them for more than brief periods was impossible. So then I possessed Richard MacDuff, Mm. but he resisted. Then the perfect carrier came along, one who has proved he will not hesitate in doing what will have to be done. But I still need your help to travel back in time. What happened to your main ship? Presumably it left to continue its search, We all came down in the landing craft. We all were killed when it exploded. The skies above Earth are so cluttered with debris that one more item, even such a large one, has passed unnoticed.
10: It's still up there.
4: The computer has maintained its orbit. I want to see this ship.
12: Well, um, the door hasn't opened onto the vacuum of space. It's still the present day, and... We're in orbit 300 miles over the quietest part of the Pacific Ocean. I think we can safely assume
4: these are the correct coordinates. Yes, this is the main ship's hold. Look, all the equipment to set up our colony is still here in crates.
5: Wow,
10: that sunny dome, those caves of ice. I'm impressed. Yeah, the size of it, yes.
0: No, by the cleaning lady, there's a lot less dust
4: than you'd find after four billion years in my flat. There is nobody alive on board, but the air filtration is very efficient. She said the computer maintains this vessel. Yes, it constantly monitors the ebb and flow of life on any planet it orbits. It monitors and transmits on frequencies beyond your reach. And so you've been unable to communicate with it from Earth. For long, long periods, I am very weak, almost totally non-existent, and unable to influence anything at all. Then the waves get strong again. Perhaps ghosts exist like wave patterns, like interference between the actual and the possible. There would be irregular peaks and troughs, like a musical waveform. Richard MacDuff, oh? you wrote an article in Michael's magazine, Music and Fractal Landscapes. It moved me very greatly. Oh, Michael said he didn't like it. He was unaware of the nature of many things. You, however, are more sensitive. The ship's computer room will interest you. Follow me.
12: Oh, uh, Dirk, this is all fascinating, but is it a trap?
4: I don't know, Professor.
12: Mm, so far, Its story makes sense.
4: Perhaps to a
0: 3,000-year-old professor of chronology. Maybe to a baboon on mescaline. But this humble, holistic detective's olfactory organ is troubled by the unmistakable whiff
1: of a large, furry rodent.
4: Uh, a, a beaver? We are at the elevator. It is rather small. Come, Richard. Sure. Hey, wait a minute.
1: Where has he taken
0: Richard? Sod Richard, where's he Mm -hmm. left us? Caution.
7: Cargo hold depressurizing.
0: You have thirty seconds to suit us. Uh, Were we expected to dress for dinner? A pressure suit. They must have some here for emergencies. This looks a likely storage bin. Mm.
6: Ah... Professor, what has 19 legs, 17 arms, and three noses? Is, is that relevant to our plight? It's
0: relevant if you want to get into this suit.
7: You have 15 seconds to suit
4: <laughs> up. Are you coming?
0: Oh, hello. Uh, just trying these on. You
12: could be useful for gardening.
4: The hole depressurizes regularly. It saves oxygen. We noticed.
12: Obliging of it to let us know we were doomed
4: in English. Universal translator. Standard equipment on Salaxalan ships. Part of the reason we came here. It improved communication with our neighbours so thoroughly that no matter how carefully our diplomats phrase things, their real feelings were translated without ambiguity. You ended up with war after war. Yes, that is why we left. Where's Richard? In the monitoring room, listening to the computer. It is processing data from the Earth. Not the lapping of a wave nor the beating of a heart escapes its attention.
0: So the Surveillance Society started four billion years ago. That
4: takes some of the heat off the politicians. As well as monitoring the basic code of an ecosystem, the computer synthesizes and transmits back useful prompts to help higher life forms interact with their environment and improve it.
0: Like inspiring Isaac Newton to invent the cat
4: flap. Did he? He never mentioned it to me. When the waves are strong, I am strong. Not for nearly 200 years have they been so strong as they are now. I think Richard has been sensitive to them. His theories about music and fractal mathematics are far from coincidental. The idea that nature, at its simplest
12: level, is built of mathematical formulae, a repeated pattern that on a large scale becomes the world we live in.
0: How does this computer express all this data... What does it sound like?
2: Dirk! Rich, Can you hear it? I can't hear anything else. It's breathtaking.
12: I've never heard anything so perfect. It's just some classical tunes playing, surely. No!
5: Don't you understand?
2: It's the song of
10: life. The shout of joy that is every living thing. From the eye eyes of Madagascar to the rhinoceroses of Kilimanjaro, from the very first green shoots of a weed growing on a Glasgow rubbish tip to the countless trees of the Amazonian forest. this computer has calculated the whole growingness and decayingness and the new growth. It's doing it right now and expressing it
5: all in an immense musical fractal. Oh, it's the most. Beautiful! i never... Oh. Oh. Strange how
12: people can just fall asleep at times of high emotion. I recall it happening to me often at the theatre. Ibsen could make me feel particularly overwrought. Let's get him back. Yes. Grab his legs. Oh,
4: yes. I'm pressurizing the hold. It will be safe to
6: return to the portal. Oh. Oh. Does any of this music sound familiar to you? I'm a bonzo dog doodle man myself.
5: Hello? Richard!
10: Ah, hello. Susan! Richard! Where are you? Um, hold on. I'll just go and look.
5: Ah.
10: There's a bathroom, but it hasn't got a horse in it. I think you're in Reggie's Reggie's rooms.
5: Richard, this is
10: urgent! I'd better go down and make sure. Hang on. Uh, breathing better? I
12: think
4: so. Mm. Open the oxygen tank. A little more. Mm. Thank you.
10: Where exactly are we?
0: Well, if Reggie's machine is working, Bermuda. Looks like the black winds of hell.
12: Oh, this is Bermuda before the tourists. Four billion years before.
10: Wow. What's it like?
0: Get a... away from the doorway. The atmosphere's poisonous. I'm not sure what with, but it would bring these carpets up a treat. Hence Michael's scuba gear.
10: I don't think this is enough
12: vaseline. Oh, Michael, they haven't made enough vaseline.
10: Uh, should we leave you two alone for a bit?
12: Uh, I I brought the spirit back to undo its mistake.
0: You see that thing across the plain? Mm. Looks like a tower. Looks like a rotting tooth. That's the Salaxylan landing craft. It's about four hours before the accident happened. Should give the spirit just enough time to take Michael there, fix the problem, and send him back.
4: I shall be released from the torment I have endured. The repairs can be made. The landing craft can return to the mothership. We can be on our way. My torment will be extinguished, and I will cease to be a burden to you. I shall hold you to that. But that can't work, can it? If we do that,
10: then this won't have happened. Will generate all sorts of paradoxes. Oh,
12: and no worse than those that already exist. dear boy, if the universe came to an end every time there was some uncertainty it would never have got beyond the first picosecond. No, no, no. Time and space heal up and people simply remember a version of events which makes as much sense as they require it to make. If you've got through life without that happening to you then I don't know which universe you've been living in, but it isn't this one.
10: If that's the case, why were you so fierce about doing nothing to save the dodo? Ah, because the dodo
12: wouldn't have died if I hadn't worked so hard to save the coelacanth. The coelacanth? The prehistoric fish? Indeed. But how could one possibly affect the other? Well, the cause and effect still apply. The continuum is like a piece of badly hung wallpaper. Uh, Push down a bubble, another pops up somewhere else. There are no more dodos because of my interference. In the end, I imposed the rule on myself because I couldn't
10: bear it anymore. Oh, i uh, I still get Susan on the line.
0: Yeah, I thought I heard a phone.
10: Well,
12: I can't think how it's suddenly working. <laughs> uh, right, Michael, you're ready. Uh, steady when you turn in the doorway. Don't want to knock the tank loose. Professor,
0: Mr. Gently. Well, so long, and thanks for all the... Uh... Thank you. I suppose we'll have to wait here for you to send back the empty. I don't like it. Any of it.
12: Uh, My dear Dirk, this poor, tormented soul's story is a very pathetic one, and it it can do no harm to end his misery. You should be more charitable.
0: Charitable? Ha! I hope old ladies find their cats. What more do you want?
4: I'm going now. Goodbye. Goodbye Slimy things. Now, what on
0: earth did that mean?
12: Goodbye, slimy things. Oh, probably a joke.
4: Stop it!
10: Stop who? Michael! Damn it! I'm going
5: after him. No, you can't Uh. go
10: out there unprotected. What's happened? Before he boarded the train to Cambridge, Michael went in weeks, butchered his mother. Lady Magna. Dismembered in her own drawing room. Susan just told me. How could she know that? Gordon left a message on her answering machine. From beyond the grave? And his sister just telephoned from four billion
0: years in the future to tell us. (laughs) I don't know how these things are happening, Professor. You'll just have to take it up with British Telecom. Damn, how could I have missed this? You can't think of everything. An holistic detective must. So that's why Michael was the perfect subject to possess. That's what I should have been looking for. The thing the ghost made him do in order to establish his hold. The thing he had to be fundamentally willing to do. The thing that would match the ghost's own purpose.
12: To be prepared to kill.
10: And having killed once, the line was crossed. Well, who can he kill now? He's going over there to save his crewmates.
0: Goodbye, slimy things. He thinks this is their world, not ours. This was where they were going to settle and build their stupid paradise. He thinks we've supplanted them. And that's what he wants to reverse. You see what we've done? I wouldn't be surprised if the accident your poor, tormented soul out there is trying to reverse is the very thing which started life on this planet.
12: So if they survive, humanity doesn't.
0: How long would you say it'll take that fat, self-deluding slackwit to waddle across the mudflats to his ship? Uh, Two hours less. Because that's how long we have. Right. Clear the sofa. We need to sit and decide what we're going to do. If we fail, the three of us and everything we have ever known, including the coelacanth and the dodo, dear Professor, will cease ever to have existed.
10: Almost sat in your jacket, Professor. Oh, is it? Oh, my memory's so bad these days. No, that's Michael's. Oh, he's left a book. Kubla by Coleridge.
12: Ooh, that's a long poem. How the Provost manages to memorize it for the dinner, I don't of know. Course. I write everything down these days in old age, and the slightest interruption makes oh. me lose the thread completely. Reg, 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 reg. What? Oh, sorry, Dirk. I must finish uh, the uh, job. That's yeah. it. What? That's exactly Is it. it. <laughs>
13: I suggest business of grave national importance. Have the French invaded? Have the king and queen even now been guillotined in London town?
0: I beg your pardon. Is your husband in? Oh,
13: oh, oh. My husband? My husband's off Santa Cruz with Admiral Nelson, sir. Ah,
0: you're not Mrs. Coleridge.
13: I am not, sir. Mrs. Coleridge left this house nigh on two year ago. And mighty glad Mr. Coleridge wants to see the back of her. Frowning, vinegary little shrew that she was.
0: Well, in that case, good lady, would you inform Mr. Coleridge that I require an urgent word?
13: I believe he is sleepy, sir. He is troubled with headaches and has much need of the laudanum.
0: I have to insist.
13: Oh, wait here, please.
5: Mr. Coleridge,
13: you awake? I am awake and extremely
2: busy, Mrs. Weir.
0: Tell him it's top secret concerning the security of the realm.
13: He said it's top secret concerning the security of the realm. Oh.
0: What is it? Quickly, man.
13: I shall be in the scullery sitting in dead things if you need me.
0: Uh, Mr. Coleridge, my name is not important, but my business is. I come from Porlock with an urgent request.
1: Does it concern Chinese history? Endless voyages? The quest for
9: paradise is something to divert a poet seized with vision of such beguiling power that he cannot eat, sleep or draw breath until he has preserved it for posterity with quill and parchment. Oh, I could murder some
0: chocolate. I'm afraid hardly at all, sir, but... Then,
1: sir, I have no time to speak for the visions will fade as they grow stale. Imagine the tale of a voyage yet more epic than any undertaken by Marco Polo when he traced mighty Kubla Khan's palace at Xanadu. Couch that in a Chinese allegory with instructions for chandlering a ship of the heavens should it be stranded here on the rude and rocky vastness of the earth
0: and you begin to encompass the vast... Uh, this is all <laughs> very interesting, Mr. Coleridge, but I'm here from the Porlock Parish magazine and I've been asked by my editor if you might vouchsafe me an interview. He's particularly concerned to hear your views on the crude foreign mountebanks who seek to rival England's men of letters in the popular arts. Oh, I have heard nothing of this. Quickly then,
10: who are these upstarts?
0: Have you heard of the Jelly Babies? They're a miniature and sugary and entirely lacking in talent. Not
10: enough of me. Let's talk about your work. Uh... How long has he been going? Oh, nearly an hour. This is appalling desecration. He's destroying the inspiration for one of the great pieces of English literature. Uh, uh, Dirk's right,
12: I'm afraid. It must be done. It was the only sure way. The instructions were clearly contained in the poem once you knew what to look for. It has to be suppressed. The, the ghost will always be around. In fact, two of him now. That is, uh, assuming this works.
10: Uh, poor devil. Still, I suppose he brought it on himself. Oh, Reg, That music... Up in the ship's computer room. Yes. I'm not religious, but if I were, I would say it was like a glimpse into the mind of God. No. Perhaps it was, and I ought to be religious. I have to keep reminding myself that they didn't create the music, merely the instrument which could read the score. Ah. And the score was life itself. And it's all up there. Could I revive within me yeah? her symphony and song to such a deep delight would win me that with music loud and long I would build that dome in air, that sunny dome, those caves of ice. Mm. Yeah, I hope we arrived early enough, oh, I think we must have done. Look how agitated Coleridge is. was. He just looks downcast. Oh, would you excuse me a moment? What? Oh, sure. I think Dirk's well, nearly finished. welcome
0: your comments if you have any. Any points of style, you know, hints, tips, things of that
8: nature. Uh, a
0: joke, perhaps, about albatrosses. <laughs> <laughs> and? Let's put a stop to that. I think he'd made a start on writing it down, but he won't remember another word, that's for certain. Now, having saved the entire human race from extinction, I could do with a pizza. Where's the professor? Ah, there you are. I'd no idea
10: I'd been that long. Reg, you didn't have a beard before you went behind that tree.
0: Oh, yes,
12: just carelessness. Carelessness, what have you been up to? Oh, just a few adjustments. Oh, very well. <laughs> up there. No, not my haircut. Look
0: up there. Uh huh, the evening star. So? Oh, what was that flash? Sorry, Richard.
10: Oh, Reg, the
5: music.
0: Come, back to the incongruous door in the cowshed. There's something I must do that I failed abysmally at as an undergraduate, which is to check my work. Professor, the abacus. Oh, uh, oh, but of course. Richard, the door.
12: What's it. <clears throat> take away the number you first thought of. It's, um, you know, it's interesting how this thing almost knows what I'm
10: going to do next.
0: And, door. Um,
10: door. And we're back at St. Zets.
0: Reg, would you have a copy of the collected poetry of Samuel Coleridge? I have anticipated you here. Uh, The Poems of Samuel Taylor Coleridge,
12: Oxford University Press, 1912. Oh, a much slimmer tome than it was an hour ago.
0: Okay, early stuff. Uh, Uh Aha, here we are. Kubla Khan. Let's see. Oh, that's all? Three pages? Is there another part? An appendix? No, it's gone. Hundreds of stanzas consigned to oblivion.
12: They've never been written. Yeah, shame.
10: Ah, he put an albatross in the rhyme of the ancient mariner. That works
0: rather well. Yes, rather better than an asteroid, though I say so myself.
10: Reg, as you can choose where these rooms go and when they arrive, can I ask a favour?
4: Oh, uh, oh, bloody Well, oh, This is a nice topper must cost a lot of money. Yeah. You you would think people who order a large piece of furniture will take into account the means of access to their flat. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more with you, oh. sir. It's all part of the warp and woof of human
9: nature, not to anticipate delivery problems when ordering ourself goods. Uh,
4: what's the cost of that? Oh no, all paper. Oh, you didn't want to do that. Uh, oh, well we just start this stairwell to get it round mm-hmm. and. Uh, Oh, no, hang on. Are well, we stuck? You won't go. Yeah. I see that. Yeah, we're going to have to ask by him. <sighs> oh, thank you. Yeah.
9: Excuse me, sir. Mind if we pack this stuff at your room so we can get it past the turn there and in there? Flat. Actually, these aren't my rooms, but that is my flat. And
10: you can turn it in this doorway with the greatest of pleasure. Oh, thank you very much. Right, see <laughs> it to <can you>, me. <laughs>
12: Richard, that's a rather fetching sofa. Uh, perhaps you could jot down the make and model for me.
10: Of course. And thank you so much for the use of your doorway. Do let's meet up again soon, Richard. you want to let us into your flat? Uh, I'll need a holiday
0: first. Try Bermuda. Present day. Take Susan.
5: That's
10: uh, a good
0: idea. Uh, Reg, you couldn't drop me off at Peck in the street, Islington, could you?
12: Oh, uh, have you a convenient stair? Well, mm, Very. Mm.
7: Hello, you, Richard? Yes. An invitation's come from some professor at your old college, inviting you to a Coleridge dinner tonight. Oh, don't worry. No need for me to go to that now. <sighs> oh, fine. You can take me somewhere nice instead. You're on. <laughs> Good God. What's wrong?
10: Where did you get that music?
7: Well, from the music shop.
10: Uh, what is
7: it? It's a cantata I'm playing in a couple of weeks. Bach, number six. Who wrote it? Well, Bach, if you think about it. Who? Bach. Ha, huh. Johann Sebastian, remember?
10: No, never heard of him. Who is he? Oh. Did he write anything else?
7: Yes, there's a pile of his stuff over there, where it's always been, by the piano. G.S. Bach,
10: cello suites, Brandenburg concertos, mass and B minor.
7: I've never seen any of this before. Richard, my darling, perhaps if you didn't spend all your time playing with computer music, <laughs> you
5: might. <laughs> oh, Reg. Oh. <laughs>
2: Hello,
10: Reg, it's Richard oh. Your phone's working
12: My dear fellow, a very capable young man arrived and fixed the phone I don't think it'll go wrong again now Good news, eh?
10: Excellent, and the music? Bah. Brilliant idea
12: Oh, yes, I thought you'd be pleased <laughs> I saved only the tiniest, tiniest scrap, of course, but even so I, I cheated It was rather more than one man could actually do in a lifetime
10: Reg, can't we go and get some more of it?
12: Oh, my dear boy the ship has gone and besides go
10: back in time
12: no I I told you the phones working so So the time machine isn't It it burnt out dead as a dodo Oh, and on closest scrutiny of the bathroom earlier, no damage from horses' hooves. So we can safely say, and only if pressed, our friend the Electric Monk never visited us.
10: No question of it. Mm-hmm. I've had Gordon Way on the phone three times this morning chasing me for Anthem 2. No. Oh. oh, and Reg, it's about resetting the Coleridge dinner tonight.
12: Ah, oh, I'll miss you. But at least the evening will be shorter.
4: SETI, the takeover battle for Fathom magazine has taken a new twist. With the latest developments, here's the BBC economics editor, David Evans. Just minutes ago,
2: Lady Magna reversed the deal, which would have given Gordon Way ownership of her publishing
3: empire, handing it instead lock stock and smoking jacket to her son, Michael. Uh, I'm don't a
7: holistic detective agency. Work. we what solve the done. whole crime. Four we four find the...
4: Yes? Contrast that
7: what don't you, you understand? Trial. Way. I'm sure it's not right, nonsense. Robert, Lady Magna, I I'll put you through. Please hold. Tutorial. Mr. Gently, Mrs. Sorskin's on line one. Yes, Miss Pierce.
0: Dirk Jeni- Ah, my dear Mrs. Sorskind, I can hardly tell you how much I've been looking forward to having this exact same conversation with you yet again. Where shall we begin? Which particular item would you like clarified? I beg your pardon? Please say that again. Ah... You don't know who I am, or I should think your cat is missing. Did he? Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, indeed. How could you possibly replace him? No, of course you don't wish to replace such a wonderful bundle of fluff. Ah, well, Mrs. Sorskint, what you probably fail to appreciate is that, as a direct result of my efforts, if I might explain about the interconnectedness of all... It's pointless, isn't it? Goodbye. Miss Pierce. Kindly send out a revised bill, would you, to dear Mrs. Sorskint? The new bill reads as follows. Ahem. <clears throat> Do. Saving human race from extinction. No charge. Plus VAT.
1: In episode six of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams, Harry Enfield played Dirk Gently and Billy Boyd was Richard Macduff. Olivia Colman was Janice Pierce. Felicity Montague, Susan Way, and Michael Fenton-Stevens played Michael Wenton Weeks. Toby Longworth was The Electric Monk, Robert Duncan played Gordon Way, and Andrew Sachs played Professor Cronotis. Wayne Forrester was Coleridge, Tamsin Heatley was Mrs. Weir, and Neil Sleet was the newsreader. The announcer was John Marsh. The music was by Philip Pope, The surround mix was by Paul Dealey, the live effects by Alison McKenzie, and the sound design was by Paul Weir. The program was dramatized by Dirk Maggs and John Langdon. The executive producer was Helen Chatwell and the production assistant, Lisa Mayer. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency was produced by Joe Wheeler and the director, Dirk Maggs, and was an above-the-title production for BBC Audiobooks.
5: Audible hopes you have enjoyed